0: Guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Heat Locker. You're all right if you've got a cough, mate. You go I'm for good, it. I'm good. Um, today we've got a good buddy of mine. We've got Dennis Roberts here. Welcome, Dennis. Thank you. Nice to be here. We're uh, we're back here at Sydney. The last couple of podcasts have been actually in New York City. So back here uh, at Sydney West Martial Arts. And um, we're in the sauna. And we're actually trialing a different setup today with our videos. We we can't catch the, the whole thing just on one video. So we're going to kind of try filming... Um, each of us and then combining that so we're going to see how that goes so if you're watching this now hopefully it looks good Um, as always the audio should be should be spot on but we're we're interested to see how this will go with the actual video so bear with us as best you can guys Um, guys Dennis is a a good buddy of mine we've been trying to make this happen now for uh, a fair while and um, Dennis and I just never in the same country with each other he's been abroad in the US for years and years now and I look forward to actually getting, getting into that and kind of going through your story because mm-hmm. it's super interesting. But uh, but welcome. It's great to have you out here uh, today.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here finally. We, uh, we almost did this back in January. I was out here training, but somehow we just spent too much time on the mats having fun and didn't, didn't make time to make it in here. Yeah, that's... So it's good to finally do it.
0: That's not a bad thing. We've even, we got to touch a few things this morning, go through, touch up on a few things, watch mm-hmm. some video and... Um, I think even that was good like i enjoy going through that and getting your kind of thoughts yeah, on things man. and yeah especially
1: because um, of all Danaher stuff and like you've mm. been there so you understand the system better and yeah if i look at that i don't see half the things that you can point out to me mm-hmm. which and some of the things you pointed out today really were like paradigm shifting for me really cool
0: yeah and look I, I mean i'm not um i'm definitely not a Danaher whisperer i'm not i'm not in the room like some of the other guys are yeah. but i think i've had enough enough experience with him and just trying to work out how he's thinking that mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'm a, bit, a little more confident with with picking what's what the system's there they're working but um I wanted to start I like to do this with most of the people because a lot of the people listening don't know the guys we're chatting to right mm-hmm. so um I kind of like to start at the beginning right and I feel like your your is really interesting it's fucking long too it's fucking long and <laughs> uh so you've been tra- so I've been training jiu-jitsu now for <laughs> uh this will be my 15th year but yeah. you've got me covered you've already started when i started I
1: started in 2001 man so
0: does that make you feel old
1: fucking hey man i am old how old are you 38, 38 unfortunately yeah i'm busted up and old i feel 48 58
0: i'm um i'm 34 this year and and i'm starting to not feel old phys- physically i feel fantastic but mm-hmm. when you've got kids coming to the gym that are 16 years old you're like, oh, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not 16.
1: Yeah. You can train three times a day, no problem. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, that's kind of gone. Yeah,
0: yeah, but um, so even before that, but you grew up, uh, you grew up here in Australia. You grew up in Canberra, right?
1: Yeah, I was born in Sydney. I think when I was three or four, I moved to Canberra, and mm. then I've been there until I moved overseas. I was there all through like my childhood, my teens, everything.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I, I kind of put you as being one of our, one of our most experienced martial artists if we're being honest like mm-hmm. there's guys like Rob Whitaker and a few others that have got some very high level experience in martial arts now um, but I feel like the the, the breadth of your different um, disciplines and then who you've gone out to try and learn from, um, which is kind of something I've kind of learnt from you and f- tried to follow that direction of mm-hmm. um, definitely appreciating and trusting the coaches you have. But if you get an opportunity to sort of draw from a, yeah, man. a bigger pool to do that, I mean, you've done that more than maybe anyone else has. So, yeah. I mean, I want to get into that in a bit. But um, so you, you grew up in Canberra and then <coughs> what sporting career-wise, what did you start out doing? I well, mean, you're, you're
1: six... What are you? Six, six five? five and a half. Yeah,
0: Dennis is a giant yeah. of a man. For those that <laughs> can't really even tell from I'm the camera, He's all crunched up in here. Yeah, he's he's struggling, but he's six five. He's about 110, 120 yeah, odd kilos, yeah. hundred ten, absolutely huge. So, um, yeah, what sports sort of were you drawn to as a kid?
1: Well, at first, none. I was a fat little artist. Oh, man, really? Like, I was a big kid, but yeah. I come from like an academic family. There was no uh, no push towards sports at all. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't. Like, I was all about art. I wasn't a school worker, just drawing and painting, sculpting, all that sort of stuff. Right. And then I started mountain biking when I was like 12, 13, 14. Then when I was 14, I started playing basketball and just, I, I'm, I'm always, I've always been obsessive with something. And then like, I found basketball and was just obsessed with that. For I a mean, few
0: years. your build is perfect for that, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So Big been, athletic guys. Yeah. The basketball. But
1: I started out playing basketball fucking uncoordinated. Oh like, really? Yeah, I had no idea. I mean, you look at me now, you see the movie, you think, yeah, athlete, whatever. But back then I'd never done anything, so I almost had to teach my body to be coordinated. I was this big overgrown lanky kid. Mm. I couldn't hardly like bounce a ball between my legs or anything. I was retarded, but I loved it, so I just kinda stuck with it and, and got good eventually. Yeah.
0: Did you play a good grade of basketball?
1: Yeah, uh played like so in school played like at the highest level uh my my college Lake Ginadera was was a really good team and they won some national titles and stuff and we had like a lot of AIS players and stuff coming through because the Institute of Sport was right down the road Mm. so yeah we had some good players yeah a lot of them went on to play like NBA and stuff really
0: yeah Yeah. and did you just not have the ability to make it that far I mean
1: in my last year of school was when I discovered martial arts. I just okay. totally changed my focus. So it was, yeah, great. Year 12 was when I started like kickboxing and stuff. And I kept playing basketball and coaches kept trying to want me to do stuff. But it just wasn't my focus anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'd, so you you when you say you found martial arts, you started kickboxing initially, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So
1: I had a friend called Rennie and another guy called Wayne. I'd always been interested. Like I'd always watched kung fu movies and all that sort of stuff. And... uh you know, Schwarzenegger, everything. But I never really tried it. And then one of my buddies started kickboxing some Filipino stick fighting and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I kind of messed around a bit with him in the backyard. He showed me some things. And then, uh, yeah.
0: That's always how it starts, isn't it? It's it's like some random dude's backyard is where... (laughs) Like, that that was actually the same for me. It was like this random dude that was into martial arts. I'd never thought of it. You're training with him. And then next thing, you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. Mm.
1: And another reason I started, actually... I was a big kid and everything, but I was like not the oldest kid playing basketball. A lot of kids are older than me. So when you're good, you kind of get into the better teams when you're younger. And there was one guy who was kind of bullying me and stuff. And this big Samoan Tongan kid, whatever. Name was Vili. Uh, Still know the guy. So Still
0: living in Canberra? Yeah.
1: So he he'd kind of bullied me a bit. And at the time, I was like, eh, I don't like this, man. Fuck this. I think I want to beat this dude's ass. So mm-hmm. started kickboxing with the total intent of kicking this guy's ass. Just to beat up Sioly <laughs> yeah. or whatever his name uh, was. Uh, Villy. Villy. And then about, uh, if I remember like hitting the bag, thinking about his name, thinking about punching <laughs> his face, all that. <laughs> about one week later, I'd forgotten all about him. I was like, this is the fucking shit. I love this. I just want to do this all day. I just fell in love with it.
0: So Villy never got his ass kicked in.
1: Nah, nah. I think he maybe sort of knows. Uh, <laughs> I think he heard, but I mean, he's, he's cool to me now. Yeah. And to be honest, as, as fucked as that is, or was that set me on a totally different path. trajectory. Like, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the total different path in life I wouldn't have taken otherwise. So mm-hmm. something bad ended up just so much good came out of that, you know? Yeah, I mean, so. it would have
0: been horrendous getting paid $100 million in the NBA. That would, yeah. have, been, that would have been miserable. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, <laughs> got to do what you love though, you know?
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm totally behind yeah, that. Yeah. So you switched over there. What, did, you, did you just go find a random academy? Or no, had, no, it was no. where my buddy it trained was, up, okay, So was.
1: it was under a guy called John Hatzis and... He was just a tough dude. He looked like a full-on bike. He kind of <clears throat> was a bike. He had like a, a shaved head, little ponytail plait, a goatee, kind of fat tattoos, wore like wife beater tank tops and little stubby shorts and flip-flops and just just an Aussie bogan biker, yep. just tough dude. So I started with him, not your traditional like martial arts coach, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he, he definitely instilled in me like hard work and kind of being tough and pushing through stuff. Power, things like that, like hitting hard and everything he didn't have like I learned a lot more later at the time. I was like, this guy's the shit, you know so yeah. he he got me got me started really good, but the the best thing I took from him was kind of like I learned some sort of toughness and hard work for sure
0: hmm. yeah so then uh, you moved away from him
1: Well, I did that for a while, trained up for a fight, and the fight kind of fell through, and then I got a, yeah yep. got a bit disgruntled with it, <clears throat> started just like lifting weights and stuff for a while. Stopped training. I just trained on and off, and then you know, meanwhile I started watching UFCs, and the 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 striking wasn't that good back then. It was like like UFC one, two, three, or whatever. Mm. I'm watching all those, and I'm seeing like hoist, Gracie kick and and I'm thinking, man, maybe I could learn this grappling stuff. I reckon I could maybe do this fighting if I if I if I figure that stuff out. Didn't know anything about wrestling. I just thought it was grappling and and striking, mm-hmm. and. Then I finally found a jiu place in 2001. So back when I started, it was 2008 that I started kickboxing. Did it for like a year, year and a half, then on and off.
0: 1998, you mean? Yeah. 1998. Yeah, sorry. Yep.
1: ninety eight. And then 2001, I found jiu mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, fell in love with that. So
0: so there was jujitsu in Canberra at that stage? Yeah, it was. Fuck, man. We're so spoiled now. <laughs> yeah, we are so
1: spoiled. Yeah. Back then, it was a guy called... Uh, Michael McGee, and he had just got his blue belt from oh frick, I forget his coach's name, but yeah, he got his blue belt from a mythical purple belt man Ooh. this this purple belt just sounded like a killer to me, yeah Ken it was Ken something
0: see for people that are listening that don't appreciate every gym wasn't run by black belts <sighs> you know they are literally blue purple was like mind blowing oh yeah. yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah so my first day i went and got my ass kicked by this guy and i think there's kind of like often two types of people someone goes gets a butt kick and be like that's not for me Mm -hmm. other person goes and realizes this is where you learn to kick butt yep this guy's got the secret Mm -hmm. so he kicked my butt and i was just all in and he was actually telling me that he was probably about to shut up shop because he just wasn't getting anyone like someone come for a week or two then leave and he just he wasn't even covering the rent in the gym so i was like all right I went and got a whole bunch of my friends, started getting all my friends to start coming. I, you know, a couple of them sort of stayed. Most of them kind of went away. But in the meantime, we started to get other customers and it kind of, we got enough numbers that we could start to build off that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Was it just in a hall or something? Or actually had like a. It was place? like a
1: little matted room in a weights gym that had okay. like kickboxing and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So he just paid rent for like three nights a week or uh-huh. something. Yeah. So, started with him and yeah, he was just. Kick in my butt. This mythical blue belt, mm. fresh blue belt back in two thousand and one is not like a blue belt now. Mm. So, oh, no, no, yeah, nothing, you know. So, nothing special. But I thought this guy was had he had the cheat code to fighting, mm. as far as I was concerned. Yeah, that moment's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, when you find that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was like, like some hack in the matrix. This guy knew the code. This yep. guy knew the cheat. This guy could figure out. This guy had the secret, and I could get it from him. You know, who had he been training under? So he trained on this guy, Ken, Ken I forget his last name, who was a purple belt. And these guys are Will Machado guys, so they were under John Will, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. It's madness. Yeah. So John Will was, um, he went and trained with uh, Carlos and all the brothers. He was probably one of, the f- one of the first Australians?
1: Yeah, definitely one saying. of the first. I think he was one of the, the dirty dozen, the yeah. first 12 guys that got black belts that weren't Brazilian. Yeah. So he was pretty old school.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. I mean, you were actually kind of lucky that Bluebell existed because oh, you wouldn't fine. think in a... Re- I mean, Canberra is a regional town, really. Like, I mean, no, apart bigger, from like...
1: him, there was no one. There was mm-hmm. one dude that had been there a few years before, but he kind of just faded away. Mm. and I don't know if he was good or not. So, yeah, he... Yeah, I was really lucky with that.
0: So then how does that... So you and I met each other at uh, SPMA, Sinister mm-hmm. Perosh Martial Arts in Concord. Yeah. Um, Probably in around 2005, 2006. What? Mm-hmm. How did you end up there? How did we end up crossing paths? How did that...
1: Well, I can't remember if it was my coach or or Ben Malley. One of my training partners, Ben Malley, was a pretty pretty solid black belt. Mm-hmm. He so he came up with me. He was like white, blue, purple with me, and we wanted to get to Sydney and start training with Elvis Sinisic and Anthony Prosh, who at the time were brown belts. Mm-hmm. And you know that to me was like oh, yeah. extra mythical, you know. So
0: and they were. They were actually good. Yeah. Like there was Yeah. Even for 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 today's centers, like they were good. Yeah, yeah. they were good yeah.
1: competitors internationally mm. and Elvis was fighting the UFC then. Mm-hmm. Anthony wasn't yet. So yeah, we started going up I think I might have actually been the first one to go up. I think I went up for just like on a weekend or something trained with Elvis one time and then Ben started making trips like once a once a month and I'd join him. So we'd go up on a Friday, train that night for an open mat train a private the next morning do two sessions back to back after the private mm-hmm. and then drive back to canberra without having a shower it was, it was disgusting
0: nice. yeah did and you then, know what staff was back then
1: <laughs> had no idea so michael ended up we started doing this for a little bit but then michael uh he went back to queensland we got our blue belts from john will and then me ben the guy called danny sort of were left to take care of the club kind of sucked and so we, me and Ben, every month or so, we'd go to train with Elvis and Anthony, pick up some techniques.
0: So you weren't doing it every Friday? It was no, just no. every so often?
1: Probably once a month on average. someone's some every two weeks or so.
0: Because for those listening, Canberra to Sydney is a, approximately a three-hour drive. Yeah. So it's not, it's not close. No, no. No, not remotely.
1: And we both had you know, jobs and everything, yep. so we yeah, had to have those commitments. Mm-hmm. So we'd do that, and whatever technique, like any technique we got, we came back, we taught it the class. It was like a piece of gold, mm-hmm. and we would just drill that to death. Drill it like crazy. We'd come away with some questions or whatever about it, go back again a month later, ask mm-hmm. that, get the next kind of update, whatever. And at the same time, I was getting some DVDs, like some online – not online, like just DVDs. Um, online wasn't around back then. No. Just, just ordering stuff from whatever website. And
0: it was – it was um, they were like – Back then, I want to say it was like VHS DVD, yeah, more v- like VHS, was yeah. not old, old. Actually,
1: that reminds me. The first set I got, which really shaped a lot of my jiu-jitsu for years, was VHS, uh, Mario Sperry. I was about to say Mario yeah. Sperry. <laughs> Valle sets one, two, and three, so I was like six videos old each. Old school. And that that was something that, that just gave me like a really broad understanding of like like a game plan and like yep. all the positions, how they kind of fit together. And mm-hmm. that that was like a real moment for me where I started to see like the bigger picture of jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. Mario yeah. yeah. Mario Sperry man.
0: For those that can hear a bit of a humming in the background, guys, that's our big old air conditioner here in the gym that's um struggling away. So I apologise for that humming. It's just there's nothing we can do there. It's not it's not your headset, it's uh it's our building. Um already man, like you've pretty much shown like that once you get into something you go you go all in.
1: Yeah. It's kind of my trait. I'm I'm yeah. super OCD, obsessive. Anything I get into, I just to a detriment sometimes. Like yep. to the expense of everything else, I just get fanatical about it and it, it pretty much only gets worse from that point on. <laughs>
0: Generally, people that do that are successful at what they do, but
1: yeah. and yeah.
0: um, you know, by any metric, you've definitely been successful. I mean, uh, we we probably could sit here and say we wish you were even more successful, but mm-hmm. you like I said, I think you're definitely the most um one of the most experienced and, and, and sort of widespread or well-adjusted martial artists there is mm-hmm. in Australia, like as far as guys that have gone out there. So well,
1: Thanks, I appreciate w- that. What
0: shocks me is it, as we sit in front of each other, somehow I'm a black first-degree black belt <laughs> and you're sitting here as a brown belt. <laughs> I never yeah. thought that day would yeah. come where, where we were sitting here chatting and I was a first-degree black belt and you were a brown belt. Yeah. We'll get to that, but for those listening, um, don't just judge how good someone is on their belt color. Um, Dennis is better than 95% of black belts that I'm sure most of you have probably trained with, probably even more than that. And, um, you know, you could have a black belt or, or should have a black belt when you're a race, but, um, we'll get there. I think, I think you're looking at probably achieving that from maybe who you're training with now and yeah, there's yeah. certain things that come with that. But, um, just for those, yeah. So Dennis <coughs> is not even a black belt yet, which is ridiculous after, um, Fuck, 18 19, 18 years 19 years of training. Yeah. But um, oh, it's going to be a sweet day. It's gonna, I'm going to be happy when I hear yeah. that news. So um, so you sort of traveling to Sydney, teaching the little gym back at home. But mm-hmm. at some stage, at some stage you start to train there more, right? Is yeah, that is that right? Um,
1: slightly jumping ahead, but yeah, I would, I was, I guess a little bit more often I started, but it was still only like little weekend trips. And then, like, at the same time, back home, like, I was just doing jiu-jitsu, and then I started kickboxing again, and then I had my first grappling comp, which I won. It was, like, a Machado New South Wales mm-hmm. uh, state title thing at, as a white belt. But really quickly, I discovered, like, man, I don't know how to do takedowns. So I just end up in this disgusting, gi-gripping battle, yeah. and I just pulled guard, and once I hit the ground, I'm like, oh, okay, know where I know where I am now, and then I took down some other dudes, but I, I realized quickly I need to learn wrestling or judo or something, so... Mm-hmm heard about a wrestling club nearby, a uh, freestyle wrestling place run by a guy called Witold Reilich, a Polish guy, used to be the Polish junior national coach.
0: This in Canberra? Yeah.
1: And he had some good guys, he had some Olympians and stuff that he produced. So I went there with Ben, and I remember thinking like, all right, we'll go there, we'll do the wrestling class, and we were done, let's do some weights after. And fuck, man, half mm. an hour into yeah. the session, I was like... <gasps> I just, ah, uh, there's no possible way we'd do weights after this. We finished this yeah. two hour session just broken. We just dragged ourselves to a cafe and just drank coffee and just it's just fucking dead. brutal, isn't oh, it? Absolutely brutal. It was just a, a very eye-opening experience yeah. of like how athletic and explosive wrestling was. So mm-hmm. then we got kind of got hooked on that. And then, you know, I decided me and Ben, we wanted to fight in MMA, so he started fighting, then I started fighting. And Yeah, then we were just training more often at Elvis's, Elvis and Anthony's, but it was still just weekend trips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then so when you
0: say you had a fight, was um, it striking or was that mixed martial? Yeah,
1: yeah, Uh, MMA was with XFC. So I had my first pro fight 2004, and won that by TKO in the second round. And I wanted to kind of keep going more with the fighting, but then my wrestling coach started trying. He was getting in my ear about. If you can really apply yourself to wrestling, I think you can make the Olympics and stuff. And, mm. and I kinda went away thinking like, Man, you, you don't hear that often from a good coach. This you know? is your Polish coach. Yeah, is, yeah. 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 So I went away, thought about that, and then I came back and told him like, All right, you tell me what to do, I'll do it. If I gotta mm-hmm. quit my job, if I gotta move overseas, whatever it is, if you think I can do that. So it was two thousand and four, so he was thinking like two thousand and eight. Yep. So uh,
0: So eight was um
1: Beijing. Beijing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then I ended up not long after that we had ADCC trials in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and I won the over hundred division, and uh, yeah, so that was in Sydney Park, yeah, 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 and yeah. I hit yeah. hit a suplex on a dude in the final, oh, nice. which is like the highlight of my life at the time. Yeah, that was great. And then in <clears> prep for that, Anthony Prosh he won his division two, mm-hmm. so. I, I moved down to Sydney. I moved in did with Did he him. win the division below you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, moved in with him for like a month, trained with him full time. And that was when I really kind of realized, you know, man, if I have a school or something one day, like, man, I can live this as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What to me then was like this month-long holiday of just awesomeness mm. was Anthony's day-to-day life. Yep. So I, I kind of thought, like, I, I don't want to do anything else. This is what I want to do. Yeah, so we did that, took off overseas, did the – ADCC trial but actually a bit before that um I went to a wrestling camp in Adelaide and I met it was my second time going I went 2004 and then went again 2005 and met this little Japanese dude called Toshio Asakura who was a ex world champion in freestyle and he'd also medaled so he's a world champion freestyle and he took bronze at the worlds in Greco which is Unheard of! Mm. It's so mm. rare that people will like be That's world class arts, in both yeah. in both styles. Mm-hmm. So he he came and he taught this this camp for two weeks and and saw me and you know I was pretty green as a wrestler but I had talent you know, so I told him I wanted to move overseas and 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 you know try and make the Olympics and everything and then he kind of told me through his broken English that like I've got a wrestling school I'm, I'm out here on sabbatical but I'm moving back to Japan. Yep. I am a head coach at like a, a really good wrestling school. If you can learn Japanese, come pass the test, so I'll give you a full scholarship. And I'm like, is this guy for real? Is there something lost in translation here? So
0: Did he train with you and realize your potential? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Just okay. thought I was
1: really keen on it. And I guess like people aren't built like me in Japan. So mm. he kind of looked at me like, holy shit, this big, tall, mm. quick guy. So yeah, I went back to to Canberra. And I had a friend who was half Japanese. And I got him to like get on the phone, talk to toshio and he's like yeah it's legit he's offering you the scholarship you just got to learn japanese wow yeah which was no small feat
0: but from the story i've been told you learned it within a very short space to yeah. pass exam
1: yeah is that right sort of yeah so i went away i was studying like really half-assed and then I'm a bit of a procrastinator with shit i don't want to yeah do. yeah so i'm like all right i'll, I'll do it later i'm at mm. adcc now so lived with anthony trained with him when I did ADCC, fought Fabrizio Vadum in the first round. Fantastic. Yeah. He was black belt world champion. I was mm-hmm. a fucking blue belt. Lovely. And uh, I managed to go the distance with him. Really? I lost. Uh, he passed my guard, popped up the knee ride twice.
0: How did he put you
1: down? Well, I wanted to take him down. So I was trying to stay standing in stall for the first five. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of ashamed of that, you know. But at the time, <laughs> that's what I... That's I like that I you're open about do. it. I like that yeah, you're yeah, honest. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't happy about it at the time. But they stall told me, now? this is what you got to do. Okay. If you want to win yep so I'm just kind of like hand fighting this pushing him away and then with about a minute and a half to go he starts trying to sit to guard and I'm just like pushing his palm on his head moving away stalling being a dick and then he's like so the
0: match has gone like 8 minutes at this stage
1: so this is in the the first half there's no points so he realised I want the takedown so he's trying to like sit down and start the match on the ground Mm mhm Keeps doing that. Keeps trying to like drop, get hooks in on me, like that sweep we were talking about before. He's sneaky as well. The, the what's that uh, one? Um, the, the hooks on the double koji. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to do that, and I'm just shoving his head, <clears throat> spinning out of it and stuff. And then he ends up grabbing my wrist, and as I pull away, he comes off into a single, takes me down on a single, Oops. and then we're, we're stuck in half guard for a while. And I'm kind of fighting half guard. So points had already started, and no, points started after the takedown. And he passed, popped up the knee ride once or twice, and then, yeah, twice. And then uh, I scrambled. He got turtle. I kind of like did that wrist roll, whatever was mm-hmm. called, mm-hmm. put him back to guard, uh, half guard, then close guard. And then he tried to pass again. I scrambled to my knees, to like a single. He sort of went to my back again. I wrist rolled again. Is he scoring
0: each time, or you uh, were scrambling? He, he wasn't scoring,
1: you. so I was. Yep. He scored early, and then everything after that was like. He'd try and pass, go to my knees, uh, like front headlock. He'd try and go behind. I'd wrist roll, put him back to guard. And then after a little bit, he'd try and pass again. I'd go to my knees again. Mm-hmm. He'd try to go to turtle. I'd wrist roll. And then eventually I, I caught his hands and just stood up and then time ran out. So, you yeah. know, yeah, it was 7-0, not great, but he was black belt World champ at yeah. the time. So, yeah. I was, you know, kind of happy with that.
0: I mean, do you ever think to yourself, how would a match go now, now that you've got a lot more experience? I mean, he obviously does yeah. as well, but I mean...
1: Yeah, That's I think I effort. actually watched the match the other day and just <laughs> realizing the positions I was in, realizing I was actually kind of deep in some half card positions that I'm really comfortable with now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's awesome. I yeah, can't say oh I was, yeah, I'd beat him, but like it definitely be a different match mm-hmm. now, definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that was 2005 mm-hmm. ADCC finals. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Australians got bad draws historically every time,
1: man. Yeah. We it's kind of the yeah. way it is. If you if you win the trials, there's like half the guys win the trials, half the guys are the invited Invites. killers. Mm-hmm. And everyone from the trials, we generally got everyone that was like a defending world champ or soon to be world champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, it was, I can't remember all the guys, but every, like below me, Anthony got Robert I got Drysdale. Ponte. I got Drysdale. That, yeah. He got Pedro next time. So Robert Drysdale, and then uh, Larry Papadopoulos got Sally Ribeiro, and then the next guy down got the Brazilian qualifier. So that was two qualifiers versus each other. Yeah, and then the next one down, sixty-six. I think I forget who that was. But everyone, everyone yeah. gets killers yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, I mean, um, on the sorry,
0: in the two thousand and seventeen um, ADCC finals, uh, Craig Jones got. He Got, uh, was it Leandro Lowe? He had yeah, first I think I think so. it was Leandro Lowe. Like, yeah. that was everyone was like, Oh, yeah, poor old Craig Jones, the Aussie kid. No, mm-hmm. it was good that he made it that far, yeah, and then just went out there and absolutely smoked him, ridiculous, popped yeah. his knee in half and back choked <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> it was, uh, it was beautiful. say then
1: so had Murillo Santana the next round, beat him, oh, triangle man. him,
0: crazy. Um, I think he only lost in the semis to Keenan, I want to say, yeah, which uh, is no no small task at yeah. all. And if you watched that match, it was actually a very good match, too, yeah, um. Very interested to watch him coming forward this, this, uh, the final. I think he's a real
1: good, real good, uh, place to medal.
0: Yeah, I do do too. I think, uh, and I might correct me if I'm wrong, but he might be our first guy to actually do that at ADCC. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that's done that. Um, so it's currently July 2019, so the finals are in September this year. We'll talk about that in a little bit because yeah, that's yeah. going to bring a tear to, <laughs> to my eye, a tear no, to Dennis's man, yeah. eye. Um, so, I mean, that's a phenomenal... In 2005, you make the... I I think I just started Jiu-Jitsu that year. So, yeah, you'd already yeah. gone to the ADCC finals when I started Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. which, is, uh, which is crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy.
1: And that sounds incredible, but like back then, winning the trials wasn't what it is now. I mean, I guess everyone's level was lower. Yep. But...
0: There was less people doing it, yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Less people doing it, so yeah. it wasn't
1: it wasn't the most in, insanely hard thing to do, but it was still like quite an achievement. And but to get there and, and go okay with uh, Verdum, Verdum
0: is good. Yeah, he would have had access to plenty of hard training yeah, in Brazil and good yeah. guys. So no, most definitely. So mm-hmm. you, you you then at this stage, is this when you, you go to Japan?
1: Yes. Yeah, so on the way back from that trip, um, I end up going to Japan to check out this university because I wanted to see like, do I really want to commit to this? Mm. And I went there and just saw I went there with my Jap- half Japanese friend actually and we're walking around we're not really saying much to each other the coach is talking and he's like just translating to me my Japanese buddy's just thinking to himself like fuck you know I've been in Japan there's usually hot chicks everywhere this, this place is just full of athletes all the <laughs> girls are wearing track suit pants and like no one looks good and like man Dennis must think this sucks he came all the way from Australia for this
0: and you're from meanwhile on. oh shit oh there goes our camera uh, here let me pull late. let me pull that cord like this right. maybe clear that cord to the other side uh, up on yeah, there we go. All right. sorry guys technical issues here we don't have a huge budget we're just trying to that's the second camera we're yeah. trying to be able to capture yep yeah.
1: so yeah he's thinking like fuck Dennis has come all this way to this fucking university there's no hot chicks or nothing and meanwhile I'm like there's no girls here sorry. I can focus they're just <laughs> pure training they'll have to be day in day out just training this is awesome I tell him that and he's like the, fuck the is fuck's wrong with, wrong with this he's crazy this is a good spot yeah. for you. <laughs> perfect yeah so I did that I'm sold on that yep yeah. So then I went back, and I used to work for the Federal Police Protective Service at Parliament House. hmm So I quit that, and...
0: Which is a, you know, a solid job, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good job. Yeah.
1: Like, now I look back and think about it, I'm like, uh, I took some crazy risks. Like, I had some some good stuff set up, yeah. but at the time, I was like, no, nah, that's what the shit you retire into. You yep. don't do that when you're young and trying to have fun. hmm So I quit that, and I'd saved up a bit of money, too, because all I did was martial arts, you know? So... Yeah, didn't didn't have a whole lot of expenses, so quit that, and then I had three months until my test. So I got together with the coach, like a a, a tutor, who um, was a ju- judo black belt actually, really no, cool ju- guy. Geez, you're uh, right. you You fall into these <laughs> yeah. good martial arts guys, Haruki Yoshida. So he in Canberra. Yeah, what the fuck. Yeah, How, yeah. What?
0: Do, I've never. There's about five <laughs> people living in Canberra, there's and so far, judo guys so far, Canberra. they're um judo wrestling champions. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, this guy, we didn't do any judo. We just kind of talked martial arts a bit, but hmm. I went all out. I lost my mind trying to learn Japanese. So yep. my coach, through his not-so-good English, couldn't really give me, or even my coach, my, my tutor who could speak Japanese, couldn't really give us a, a, a real indication of where my Japanese needed to be hmm. to pass this test. So I'm, it's kind of like if someone said, hey, you're going to have a fight uh, next month, and who's the opponent i don't know could be a guy in kindergarten it could be mike tyson you're like i better prepare for mike tyson you yep. know? so i for three months i would wake up start studying 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 doing all my homework and stuff that he'd give me i would go to tutoring with him i'd be listening to japanese audio on the way mm-hmm. lessons i'd do two hours with him I go to the gym. At the gym, I'd be listening to Japanese audio stuff, lifting weights. It's
0: classic, Dennis Roberts. Yeah. Just all, all in. In. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Then uh, go home. You know, eat whatever. Study some more. Go to training. Train. Come home. Study some more. I would do probably average ten or more hours of study a day. So I did that for three months, seven days a week. Jeez. And then I got there, and I just list the exam. Thank yeah. God, because I, I didn't know what the level was going to be. A written exam, written and spoken. So I had to do wow. it was like a full day of testing. Had to do with all the other students, all the Japanese kids, all like wearing suits and stuff. This and is in Japan. Yeah, in Japan. So you fly I, to Japan just yeah, to do the yeah, exam? Yeah, 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 Jesus. And then I stayed. Actually, I, I went there, stayed for a week, so I could kind of like talk to everyone, get used to mm. the Japanese with like everyone there, because I was just doing just me and the coach, yeah, uh, the tutor. And then I did my test, and I stayed for another week and trained. And yeah, passed the test. They're all super happy. And then that was the end of 2005. And then start of 2006, I moved there and and stayed four years there. Four years. Yeah, four years. So
0: so you're at university there doing that. Do do you also get a degree of some type, or you just did wrestling
1: the whole time? No, I, I got a degree in like... Sports like physical education, kinesiology, something. It's cool. We open this man, I'm getting hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thing's still kind of hot here. Yeah,
0: probably is. Yeah, I was just, sweet. I didn't know if it made it a bit quieter with that buzzing. Oh, maybe. Really?
1: That's all right, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, so did that and then started like four years of just all out wrestling. And I, for the most part, I stopped doing jujitsu. Yep there was a jiu-jitsu club called Axis which was the top jiu-jitsu club had uh Takamasa Watanabe I think was the coach he was a black belt under Hicks and Gracie and he was a really smart guy he spoke fluent English, Japanese and Portuguese he grew up in Brazil jeez yeah and he had a bunch of kind of like Japanese, Brazilian guys there that were really good but I could only make it there very occasionally because of time just energy like I was training wrestling twice a day usually three, four hours a day of hard wrestling you know it wasn't just like dicking around and then I had class scheduled on top of that and we'd sometimes train seven days a week it wasn't the smartest mm. approach you know at least six days a week we training so do
0: you think that put a lot of miles on your body definitely yeah
1: and we did a lot of running man and that, yeah. yeah definitely put a lot of I mean, I, miles on my body
0: I think I think running I don't think running is all that good for a lot of us especially on hard mm-hmm. services mm. let alone a guy who's 6'5 yeah. 115 120 yeah
1: and unfortunately, not knowing any better, not knowing about running form, I was mm. like heel striking, not running on like my, my forefoot or whatever, my midfoot. So that's added wear and tear, mm. you know? So definitely- That, that would happened. have
0: smashed your meniscus a bits, you reckon? Yeah. Over yeah.
1: time, I didn't notice anything at the time. Like I run mm. fast, but uh, and it was getting me fit. Yep. It was helping while I was there, but you know, over time, that's not good for sure. Mm. Yeah. So- did my four years there started out? So, so, so
0: while you're there, right? So that's 2005. So, so 2006 I mean,
1: to 2010, I was there. Y-
0: you would have been right in that prime of. You'd think the Australian um, wrestling team would have been interested in you for the. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. I missed to be there in 2006. I won my first national title in freestyle and Greco.
0: So you came back home to compete.
1: No, it was before I went.
0: Before you went, so okay. it was
1: in think February or March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had nationals, so I won freestyle and greco it was the only time i tried to go for greco too but i them both is that just
0: because the pool's small in greco you could sort of just cross over without specifically training that yeah
1: and the way i wrestled we did a lot of greco type techniques Mm -hmm. so i wasn't really back then like a classically freestyle sort of wrestler so i did a lot of stuff that that and it kind of went like that through a lot of my career, but especially a lot of heavyweights. We do a lot of upper body wrestling, even in uh, freestyle. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't such a hard thing for me to to cross over.
0: Is the so like you know how the the American style of freestyle is a very crouched over, a lot of explosive shots on the legs, mm-hmm. singles and doubles, mm-hmm. and high crutches. Yeah, and then maybe the Russian style is more clinch based, overhooks, underhooks. How would you describe the Japanese style of, of freestyle? Japanese
1: style is. It's pretty slick i think they're, they're very technical and they've got a bit more like the european style where They've they've got really good leg attacks and stuff they've got big upper body throws and you know they a lot of people have a judo background. so you see like a mm-hmm. lot of foot sweeps a lot of uchimata type things a bit more like a european style uh-huh. than than the american style for sure
0: yep and how do they do on the world stage generally at wrestling? the
1: lower weights always are right up there like mm-hmm. uh w- while i was there uh, so uh, 2004 and 2008 olympics i'm pretty sure they got three medals in each of those olympics wow. one silver and two bronze i think while i was there yeah mm. so good, good. and that were from your university no not from my university just that's just the national the national team, the national team yeah. yeah
0: yeah so where are we The story you were saying you won in 2006 you won the nationals Yeah, yeah the nationals.
1: so then I, I won nationals pretty much every year while i was there I just kept coming back for those, and and I do the tournaments in Japan. And at first, like I got there, and I realized I'm a big athletic guy, a lot of potential, but I didn't have all the skills yet. I had a lot of holes in my game. I mean, I've been doing wrestling a couple of days a week while I was doing boxing, kickboxing, trying to have a MMA career and jujitsu and stuff. And these guys have been doing wrestling since they were little kids, you know. So I had a lot of catching up to do. Mm. So I really knuckled down and tried to tried to really bring up my wrestling. So at first, I felt sort of far behind. But every year, I got better and better. First couple of tournaments, I kind of bombed out. But then towards the end, I was, you know, the last couple of years, I was like number three in the country pretty consistently. In Japan? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there was, there was a Russian guy and uh, another Japanese guy that were kind of ahead of me there. that were in the collegiate uh, uh, league as well. Mm-hmm. And the the Japanese guy was a good friend of mine, so I'd train with him too. But yeah, it was it was always us guys. And they would unfortunately always put me with the rush. And I don't think they wanted two foreigners in the final. Mm. So they'd always put us early.
0: Hard to knock and each other
1: off. usually he would win. Uh, I think I only beat him one time. He beat me like three three or four times.
0: And would he win by pin or by Never tag Never pin. No, yeah. I think
1: I only got pinned... In, in the whole career, I got pinned twice. Uh, so he would just...
0: Is that a good – I don't know anything about uh, wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not many. I mean, I wish
1: it was zero, but yeah, yeah, I got got pinned twice.
0: Okay. Do you think that your jiu-jitsu assisted you in in any way with that or not really? Uh, Or if anything that worked against?
1: I think it it probably did, especially more so with once hitting the ground, I think I was a bit better at scrambling and ending up on top. Like if there are certain throws where – like the judo type of throw where you would end up not cleanly landing on top, you kind of roll through. Anything sacrificed. Yeah, not like that. Maybe like an uchimata type thing where mm-hmm. you both kind of roll through. Mm-hmm. In those sort of situations, I think my jiu-jitsu helped a lot to kind of come out on top.
0: So speaking about that, on a technical aspect, the reason uh, I like the uchimata as a, as a technique to show all the guys, like right from lower level guys to, to more experienced guys, um, obviously, the only issue that I find is in judo, you get the um, you get the ipon. That's fine. You throw him. You land the matches over. It doesn't matter where you then end up rolling yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Obviously, in what we're doing, where it matters afterwards, not just about throwing them. A lot of the time, the guy throwing will actually finish in bottom position because yeah. he gets re rolled. Um, I heard one of um, one of Danaher's black belts talking about it. I think it was. Um, I want to say that was Carl Massaro. Mm-hmm. He's a guy to watch on Instagram. Or follow on Instagram if you don't follow him already. He's a mm-hmm. he's a really smart guy, and um, yeah, he was saying that he actually for submission grappling doesn't like to use the uchimata. Um, sorry, not that he doesn't like it to use it. If he uses it, he uses it with a posted hand uchimata. So actually, your weight is now distributed onto your arm. So now when you throw them, you don't get the same velocity, but you you sort of can't be re rolled because yeah. your base can be out on your hand. What yeah. are your thoughts in regards to that?
1: I think. I'd have, see that. I'd have to see that technique exactly to kind of uh, see how that works, but the general idea there I totally believe in, because like even even with freestyle and stuff, there are certain things where someone would hit their back and roll through, like uh, but you wouldn't finish in a dominant position or even in any sort of control. Like you both mo- both might end up on your feet, so mm-hmm. they've got points, but no one's on top or anything. I think actually the American the folk style. Mm-hmm. Is much better because it comes down to who's on top, who finishes the scramble, who f- who gets that takedown, and that's more like MMA and jiu-jitsu, Who's actually yes. going to finish and control, as, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, great, my mat, my back hit the mat, but then I end up on top and I lost the match. Doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're on concrete, that kind of makes sense. But yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the American style is one of the reasons why they do so well in MMA. Yes, cause it's all about scrambling and getting on top, and they have to freestyle like your back just touches the mat you're giving up points but folk style you can kind of roll through incredibly funky scrambles doesn't really matter unless you're getting held there so they, they end up in all these weird positions where as long as he ends up on top he's good which is just like how it should be in a fight you know mm. whoever ends up in control
0: I find they they become better overall grapplers, I think. Yeah, the for guys sure. that have come through that folk style system. Yeah. So, so for people listening that don't understand, how would you sort of easily differentiate between? Because freestyle wrestling can kind of be broken into two schools, I suppose. There's Olympic mm. level freestyle, and then there's folk style, right? That the Americans do mm. um, through college. Yeah. But then there's also Americans who don't do folk style and just do freestyle because yeah. they want to compete in the Olympics, for yeah. instance. A, right?
1: lot, a lot more rare. Mo- that was he- Henry
0: Cejudo did that from what I Yeah,
1: he started. He did have folk style growing up but i think very like in his teens pretty early i think he decided just to go pure freestyle he didn't go to college yes. most guys will go to college so the rules are quite different there and a kind of i can't fully break it down properly i never actually wrestled folk style i trained with a bunch of guys and learned a bunch of techniques but I think every takedown is worth two. So in freestyle and Greco, kind of like the bigger the throw, the more points you get. So there's more upper body takedowns, but the folk style guys tend to go for what's easiest to get them down. So it's just a lot more like high crutch, double, mm-hmm. snap, go behind, those sort of things, less big throws where it's kind of riskier, but you're getting more points potentially. And, and then the big difference, I think, is on the ground, uh, in freestyle and Greco, if you're... You know, you're on the bottom defending. Um, the guy's on top trying to like tilt you, get your shoulders sort of exposed to the mat or to pin you to get points. But in, in folk style, well, freestyle, if you, you know, after maybe 10, 15 seconds, especially if there's no action, they just stand you up. Mm-hmm. In folk style, the guy on the bottom he doesn't get up until he escapes. You know, so the the guy on top he's not allowed to link his hands, yeah. so he can just hang on with whatever grips and try and like expose your back, just ride you out. And for every minute of ride time he gets, he gets mm-hmm. an extra point. Mm-hmm. So they become masters of escaping from the bottom mm-hmm. and masters of controlling from the top, but without linked hands. So that's really good for MMA because you can have like one really good tight waist yes. and then the other hand to punch. Mm-hmm. The freestyle guys are going to generally link their hands, but not so much offense and. The guy on the bottom is going to be like lying flat, which is not, doesn't really have any much transfer to like MMA or jiu jitsu or anything. No one's going to lie flat and just try not to get turned. You're going to yep. get to your hands and knees, turn back to guard, try to get to your feet. Mm-hmm. And that's generally, yeah, folks are a lot better for that.
0: I, I, I that, that's sort of along my, my understanding of it too. And I think, um, Thinking about that, like in, in freestyle is where they'll like leg lace and roll through to score points on mm-hmm, rolls. Is that correct? Mm-hmm, yeah. Whereas really, I mean, what's the, what the, what's the advantage of that? Nothing. Like, I mean, for the purpose of wrestling, which is a, a martial art designed around dominating a guy and putting him on his back or exposing his back to the mat, I see why they score there. But as far as a fight, like when do you ever see a guy
1: like leg lace and yeah, roll him you, just – If you take me down in the street and just leg lace and roll me
0: – Maybe I get the- run over by a car <laughs> yeah, on the maybe, way out. And then-
1: maybe, but like mm. that doesn't – To me, that's not a real fighting technique. That's Mm -hmm. just something within the rules of that particular style of wrestling. Yeah. So the folk style, to me, is a lot closer to what's going to transfer to MMA and Jiu-Jitsu.
0: What style of wrestling do the Dagestanis do?
1: I don't know if they have any type of their own sort of folk style. Like A lot of countries like... uh, Mongolian and stuff like they all have a different. Yeah, that's a very style. odd style. They got an odd style. Yeah, don't so they. I don't know if there's anything like that in Dagestan, but generally they do freestyle more and some Greco.
0: They seem to produce some, oh, some ridiculously killers, man. good wrestling. Most
1: of the, I think, most of the guys you see in like the national team for Russia, most of them are like Chechen, Dagestani, whatever. It's just yeah. nothing
0: else to do. Yeah,
1: and those guys, there's so many wrestlers. There's so many good wrestlers there that these guys will grow up, and from. You know the age of five or whatever, they're getting taught by someone who's an absolute killer coach. Mm. Whereas, let's say in America, forget here, but like, say, in America, mm. you might have <clears> to <throat> kind of go through like the youth, whatever, go through school, get to high school, maybe suddenly get some better coaching, mm. maybe get recruited to a good college, you're getting a better coach there, maybe make the national team finally end up with like mm. this killer coach. But had you had that from the start, that's yep. more like Henry Cejudo, he yep. very early on ended up with really good coaching. Uh, yeah, who so was his coach? That's not his coach. One, he's the, got one now, of the right? brand brothers. I don't okay. know when he started with him. Yeah, Terry Brands. I forget which one, but uh, it was one of them. Was his coach throughout the Olympics, like 2006, 7, 8, and all that.
0: Is it easier to win in those lighter divisions like he did? Do you think, like that really little division, or is that what he did still very impressive?
1: Easier than what?
0: Than you know, uh, the seventy-four or 80, 84 uh, No, kilo. I think
1: I think I'd say seventies and eighties is probably where the most talent is at in mm. some ways because that's kind of the average human size. Yeah. Yep. But those little guys are little ninjas, man. Mm. They're they're killers. I'd say there's no really easy weight to to win out. So he yeah. won that, I think, at eighteen years old. I'm pretty sure two thousand two thousand two thousand eight? Two thousand eight. Yeah. 2008. yeah. And the year before, he actually lost in the first round at uh, the World Championships. I was there for that, and he was, he was devastated. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, he goes and has like f- three, four, whatever, barn burner matches where it's like down to the wire, right to the end of the match. Like his coach is having heart attacks and stuff. And then in the final, he, he won pretty convincingly. But he had a bunch of re- really crazy matches to get there.
0: Him and Cormier uh, were on the team together, weren't they? Yeah. It the
1: the night? Who else was there? And also Ben Askin was on that team.
0: Yeah, see, was he a folk style guy or a freestyle guy when he came through? Askren? Yeah.
1: He'd pretty, I think he'd maybe graduated two years earlier. So he had not been wrestling freestyle for that long. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC had, he'd been, yeah. Uh, he was in the 2004 Olympics and he was wrestling before that too in freestyle for sure. Mm. Yeah, he did like junior worlds and stuff too, I think.
0: It's a different, it's such a different um thing when you move with a good wrestler. Like at, um. Uh, recently when I was at, at Hanzo's, there was a wrestler there and he's just there to learn jiu mm-hmm. He's a guy shorter than me, probably about 75 kilos, maybe around that sort of range, maybe even tiny, tiny bit smaller than that, but pretty stocky dude, mm-hmm. F- completely fucked ears. Anyway, we got puttin' that one day and we're training and, and uh, we got chatting and it was the lunchtime session so we we're doing takedowns to start with and I'm like, fuck, this guy's moving good and I'm like, yeah. I remember the other boys had told me there was this wrestler and he yeah. was really good and turns out he was the under 23 world champion so I think that's a reasonable thing to achieve. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he was the world champion, oh. and he'd been um, recruited by one of the universities. Um, they had him like a full full sponsorship. He was getting this like really good money, like sixty plus k a year just awesome. to just to wrestle with this university. And um, he told me he literally threw it all away just so he could chase his MMA career. Wow. He um, he decided he wanted to do MMA. He's yeah. twenty. I want to say he's like 24 now, 25. Yeah. He uh, decided to want to do MMA. Couldn't keep doing that um, stuff. He had like sponsorship. He had, yeah, like, yeah. He had a good thing. And um, yeah, he's doing... He's, so he's, uh, he's he is actually something to do with AKA. Um, I, though, I think that you showed me met him. him. Richie Savage was... Is yeah. His, I, don't I, know think if Savage I think is he came like through
1: briefly. I'm not sure mm. if he was there for long.
0: But yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. But just moving with him, like when we we're doing the takedowns, is like, yeah, like the way I feel with jiu-jitsu... That's how he felt with wrestling. Mm-hmm. It felt tight. Everything was good, and mm-hmm. he had just options. And Flowing, yeah, yeah, it felt it felt good. Like yeah. if I was to clinch and wrestle with this guy, like I'm going to get thrown on my head into a terrible position. In mm-hmm. abs- like no matter what I, no matter how hard or whatever I try to do, it's not going to change anything. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like the difference of going with a a good black belt if you haven't experienced that before. It's, yeah, yeah, it's really impressive. But um, yeah, wrestling such a huge tool to have in your in your repertoire. I mean, mm-hmm. my only thing is that. The damage you have to do to yourself to get to that level is is sometimes a point of diminishing returns. Yeah, because you know, like, it doesn't
1: have to be that way. I think you can have a pretty smart approach. You see a lot of the Russians and Europeans; they don't train as intensely as the Americans and mm-hmm. compete all year round and have so much weight cutting and everything. There's definitely ways to do it, and and kind of come out a little more technical and a little mm-hmm. less of a grinder. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um. You're at university, four years there.
1: Yeah, and so ended up falling short of the Olympics by one spot. I finished 11th in the world in 2007. I needed to be to top eight to qualify through worlds, and then I lost. Uh,
0: so at the world championships just to confirm anyone in the top 8 in the weight class automatically goes to the yeah, Olympics yeah okay yeah. That's, that's, that's I mean the, I, think, I don't now think now people it's different,
1: have, I think that's what it was yeah
0: I don't think people realize how difficult the, like the world championships in wrestling is nearly as difficult as the Olympics from my understanding like I'd say more because yeah.
1: there's more people like when I was there I think there was probably 40 something dudes in my division the Olympics I think there's only 16 per division yeah. so you have more matches to get through yeah crazy definitely tough so yeah then at the oceana championships um actually came down super sick I hate to even talk about this because it's one of those things i was like yeah, yeah. I should have could or whatever yeah yeah and i hate to feel like i'm making excuse or anything but yeah. So I, I i lost in the final and so that was that chance gone tried to go qualify through a second tournament in europe and and lost there and so i didn't qualify i didn't make 2008 Kept wrestling, kind of considered quitting so I could get back to MMA and jiu-jitsu and stuff, because wrestling is great, but it's quite a grind, you know? I did, and,
0: and let's be honest, I mean, what's the end game? If the Olympics is not the end game, there's no money. There's really no money to yeah, be made, is there?
1: Yeah, but I decided to stay on. I, halfway through my university career, might as well yep. get a degree out of it, you know? Yeah, so sure. I did that, and then wrestled in the Commonwealth Games, did my prep in Canada, uh, and ended up coming fourth there. Uh, lost in the bronze match. So and when you
0: say it, um, in Canada, is that uh, which in
1: Montreal, Montreal, Montreal and Wrestling
0: that's club. the same? That's the same club that George Saint Pierre was out of. Yeah,
1: or? yeah. There's a bunch of good guys out of there. Uh, yeah, I heard coach.
0: that's a, quite a quite a good team. Yeah, I think Jaden went there as well. Didn't yeah, he? yeah.
1: He was there for a bit too. Yeah,
0: he's um for those listening, Jaden Lawrence is one of one of our current kind of best best guys mm. um Commonwealth Games representative yeah. as well what's his
1: weight now 70 something, something he's actually
0: at 80 Is it 86 is that the yeah, weight I'm not sure no but is that the um Olympic weight
1: Usually 84 I think it changed now I'm not sure I
0: think it's 86 now yeah, yeah that's what he's at he's, he's yeah. a solid dude yeah he's thick he's got like thick legs and... yeah, he was
1: a little kid back in the day when, mm. when he was going there at first yeah. he's
0: um yeah he's a grown up grown up boy now yeah
1: so did that and then came back to Australia kind of retired from wrestling so, you made, get,
0: so just to confirm, we just kind of skipped over there. You, yeah. you made the Commonwealth Games team.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did that. I uh, had to wrestle off against some Iranian guy that was Australian citizen now.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, he, was, he was pretty tough. I think I pinned him at nationals. And then <clears> in the first round, I pinned him and then had to wrestle like a best of three thing because he was the number two guy. I was the number one. I was a champ. So it was uh, like a a wrestle-off sort of Commonwealth Games qualifier thing. So I went against him. First match, just perfect game plan as far as his style and stuff that I prepared for. I uh, took him down off a front headlock and then got behind gut-wrenched him. And then the second round, I can't remember, but I got to take down him again. So I won that without giving up a point. Then that was the first match. Then the second match... Got caught in some crazy scramble. This
0: is the, against the same guy, same
1: Iranian guy. I had to wrestle him like best of three, mm-hmm. uh, first of two wins. And in the first round, I got caught in some crazy scramble. He hooked my leg and scored a bunch of points. I just couldn't get out. It was like a Turk ride or something. Mm. Almost pinned me. And but the the round ended and he was huffing and puffing. I was I was fit fine. And then uh second round come out i get in near the um the edge of the mat and i think i went for like a front headlock like a uh, head pinch throw mess that up hands up on top so i've given up points again so I'm, I'm you know losing the second round but he was just gassing out and then got to my feet and he was like not able to keep his stance i'm like tricking feigning mm-hmm. like snapping him he's just stumbling left and right took him down straight to his back like got a body lock on him just pinned him and nice. and that was that so I nice. so won that and qualified yeah. and that
0: sent you to the Com Games yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and how did you that was the 2010 Commonwealth Games 2010 yeah. yeah yeah how was that so
1: that was good could have been because there's still
0: some strong people don't realise like yeah, India the Canada and, and the, the South Africans the Africans and yeah, the
1: Nigerians yep. and, mm-hmm. yeah there's some African countries that mm-hmm. are pretty tough too mm-hmm. yeah so how did I do that um I my first match i had south africa in the first round and i beat him i think 2-0 2-0 first and second round then i went against india and i'd fought this guy before in the 2007 had two matches with this guy and lost but like it was competitive match that score you know scored on his up back and forth but he beat me, I think, 1-0, 2-0 or 2-0, 1-0 and just played like a tight game. But then he went to the final against Canada, Arjun Bula, was a friend of mine. So because Currently I, fighting for the UFC yeah, or maybe yeah. he's been cut on us for you. I think he's negotiated yeah. and gone to a different company, mm. just a better offer. So he didn't get cut. Mm. He's good. So... Uh, If you lose to a finalist in wrestling, you get put back in the repertoire to fight for for bronze. So I went back in that, and then I had England, and I beat him, I think, 2-0, 1-0, 2-0, 2-0. And then went against the guy from, I forget, one of the African countries. Big dude. And I won the first round, and then the second round second round he got a single took me down and then right at the closing I got like a, a low single like a John Smith single I don't usually do unless I'm like it's like a Hail Mary uh, 10 seconds to go I'm down a point so I'm going to hit that because people don't expect a heavyweight to go for like a low single mm-hmm. so I shot that shot in deep and he tries like. And if, roll,
0: you, if you like to shoot your low singles, you, do you post your outside hand, you have your head on the inside of their head knee, on the inside. and you have like a boot on the back of their heel type on, thing with you? Yeah, your, and
1: then the other hand posted, head on the inside. Yes, and, and you
0: like drive out the side of their knee
1: direction. To, yeah, but back then, the way I would do it, usually my shouldn't have be been my first option, but I would kind of come out the back door.
0: Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yep, yep.
1: So that's kind of what I went for, and as I went out for the back door, he tried to grab my body and try and roll me through. He ends mm-hmm. up putting himself on his back and I'm face up holding his leg and then I come through to to get the takedown and that's it I win it so that's, that's two uh, two rounds of one should be the bronze and then they start talking and then they try and they give him other points saying he exposed my back which I'm pretty sure he, quite sure he didn't so then they made us wrestle for another round and it ended up going to a clinch what
0: are your coaches saying at this stage are they going ballistic it was, it was
1: landed I'm pretty sure and he he was just he was mad but he was just saying because I was getting pissed off mm-hmm. And he's like, "Dennis, just focus. Just don't you know? Lose your cool. Just just keep your head about you. Just go into the third round. Like, don't get mad. Don't get caught up in that. Just just wrestle." Mm-hmm. So third round went out, and this guy was stalling a good amount, and just um, trying to play it safe. And then uh, I didn't I didn't get deep in on anything. I was going for a bunch of attacks, and then we ended up going to a tiebreaker clinch. So I got to start on his leg, and the the way the rule was back then was uh, yeah. So I would. The second you get in, you grab the hands. The second your hands linked, they, can go. they would blow the whistle and you would go. So I went, linked, and the guy, I think, blew the whistle and I went. And then he said, No, no, that no, was too fast. And well, what's going on here? So. Mm. Then went again and then I linked my hands and he's just not blowing the whistle. I'm thinking, this guy's trying to fuck me. He wants me to go. Mm. So I'm waiting, waiting. And I kind of like to stop and just look at him. And then as I'm looking at him, he blows Scrolls. the whistle. The guy sprawls his leg out. I try to go to his back. I lose the grip. He gets out. I shoot a shot. He gets a front headlock. And then time runs out and then he won the bronze. I'm pretty sure that was my bronze. though. I was pretty pissed Why like do that.
0: you think they fucked you over? Do you think there was a reason behind I it? I think because
1: a, <clears throat> if there is a reason, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of... I got no proof, but yep. if I could think of a reason, um, and some people might think I actually lost that match. You know, I don't think everyone thought it was a robbery, but I thought mm-hmm. it was. And I think most people thought it was. Uh, a bunch of Aussies had already won, and I think it's good for wrestling, good for the Commonwealth, if different countries medal, because then like say so that guy gets to go home, have his medals, show all the people that boosts interest in wrestling in mm-hmm. his country, and mm-hmm. then hopefully. Worldwide, that's kind of growing the do You so think it, things like that happen? Yeah, I mean, I think so. yeah, Jesus yeah.
0: Christ, that's. I've got no
1: proof. This is kind of my yeah theory. Yeah, uh,
0: did Jaden medal at those
1: at those Com games or not? I don't think he actually was in that one. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and Leonard was the Leonard was Leonard the was in co- corner. Yeah. He was the coach. Yeah. Wow. So, so for those that don't know, Leonard's. um Leonard coaches here in Sydney. Everyone who comes to me that wants to be wrestling, I just tell them to go to Sydney yeah, Uni and train with Leonard. Yeah, he's solid. Um, that's where all the good guys are pretty much going at this stage. Um, yeah, Sydney Uni on a Saturday night. Those that mm. want to, that want to do, do wrestling. So he's he's legitimate. Leonard's legitimate. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what I hear, and I've seen, you know, um, Ethan Thomas out of this gym here. He's phenomenal with his yeah. wrestling. Um, another buddy of mine, he's uh, he's out of there, and he's, yeah. The, the level seems to be very technical. Yeah.
1: Hey, so to backtrack a little, if we are going to go on the timeline, mm. in 2009, I actually won ADCC Trials again.
0: Oh, Jesus, we so jumped to, that. In
1: 2007, I didn't go for it because I thought I had to do a certain tournament that was like the first of a bunch that I had to do to qualify. Turned out I didn't, so I could have maybe gone for it, but I didn't, whatever.
0: And you're in Japan at this stage, yeah, right? So. Yeah. So you're not doing as much jiu-jitsu.
1: Very occasionally. I yeah. go there like maybe once a month on average. Sometimes I wouldn't go for four months. Sometimes yep. I go four times in one month, you know? Okay. So it just depended on how I felt and how the tournaments were and stuff. Um, so in 2009, I... Yeah, it was the day after nationals, actually. I had had wrestling nationals. And the next day we had ADCC trials. And I had just done wrestling. And I don't even know what I was But look, thinking.
0: let's be honest... That's not a bad thing to have for ADCC. No, it's not. If you were going into a, a straight out submission grappling match, you go maybe, maybe, maybe this is going to be bad. But ADCC, yeah. I'd rather be a good wrestler than just be just yeah, be a good yeah. submission guy. Yeah.
1: So it's not like I forgot my jiu-jitsu. I got mm. my purple belt before I went to Japan, and I had trained here and there, so I still had some skills. in it, just a bit rusty.
0: So you got your purple belt in two thousand and
1: six. Right at the start of two thousand six. Yeah.
0: We're currently in 2019 and you got a brown belt. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to do the numbers here. Something doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah. You're either a complete retard and haven't been able to work anything out. There's something going yeah, on here. Yeah, something went on. I don't
1: mm. know. So, uh, so the day after Nationals, we had uh, the ADCC trials and I did that. And I think first round, I, I beat a guy actually from Canberra. I beat him by Kimura in a couple of minutes. his guard, beat him with that. Second round, I had big Mick Wilson. You remember that guy? Yeah, massive. Huge, big white guy. Yeah, yeah, big black belt guy. So I had him and just ended up, he was attacking a lot from the bottom. He pulled guard, but he made the mistake of we disengaged and he tried to come up and I think I snapped the front headlock and then he went back and got a minus. And this happened twice. He got two minus points for pulling guard Mm -hmm. in in the points period. So I beat him like minus two to zero. Mm Mm-hmm. So I never actually scored, but, you know, I was on front headlocks and he tried to pull guard and mm-hmm. he got minuses. And that put me in the final against his rival, a guy called Graham something or other, I think. What, was, what,
0: it was like Wahira. He yeah, was like he was a, like an Islander um, guy. Like half Maori fellow or something. Yeah, yeah big, big athlete. He dude. was good. He was solid. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. I, I don't
1: know what happened to him, but he was good. Hmm. So I had him in the final, uh, took him down, stuck in his guard for a bit, passed his guard, got to side. He, like turtled and I got one hook in and then I got like a twister, like a, a lockdown, what do you call it? Uh, like the truck, whatever, right? Yeah. And his coach, I forget which, Marcelo Rosand let's, or let's, something?
0: Let's, John Danaher would call it a cross-body ride, Yes. Yes, cross-body cross body ride.
1: ride. Maybe more. Correct. With, inside,
0: with an inside scorpion. <laughs> Alright, that's the one. Well, let's not, not use those we'll heathen test but <laughs> it names. Yeah.
1: So, I ended up there and you know, like the, the, the normal back escape trying to get you back to the mat and
0: doesn't work well oh, if it's you, the yeah. absolute
1: opposite mm-hmm. thing to do if you're in that position mm-hmm. and his coach was telling him his, his black belt coach was telling him back to the mat get Lovely. your head away so I he hooked,
0: was a bar guy from memory
1: i think i want to say I forget if it was marcelo was yeah. or whatever the his coach
0: you would have just slid your arm under his oh, neck yeah, and thank yeah, you yeah.
1: Well, i hooked his arm went went under his arm and then under his neck around his arm under his neck and finishing with a twister yeah which was yeah i'm super just going
0: shut this door because i feel like um someone's coming yeah. yeah it's getting a bit cooler just cause I think people are coming in
1: oh. yeah keep going alright yeah so finishing with the twister and which was a lot of redemption for me to do that because for years I've been doing the twister I saw someone um what's his name uh I wish I remember this guy's name there was a guy that um came out for a seminar one of John Will's friends he trained with Eddie Bravo. He showed like the advanced class way back in 2002. He showed all these guys after nationals, the twister. And I was a white belt. I wasn't allowed to go to the seminar, but I watched it. I watched it. And I, I remember thinking at the time, like, the fuck, this is tricky ass 50 yeah. step. It was like from side control and then, you know, twister roll. Yeah, and, yeah. And, oh, it's just the most ridiculous looking technique I've ever seen. This is I've what I need seen. to know. But I didn't think that. I was like, that looks like ridic- ridiculous, but it stuck in my head somehow. And then over time, I'd do it, do it more and more, and my friends were like, "That's bullshit. You know, that's just garbage." And mm. like, what is that? Even though I tapped with, them, like, that's stupid. Mm. So then to finally win the ADCC trials with it was yeah, that yeah. Was redemption. Yeah, got to shut them up finally.
0: I mean, that's still a good effort. So then you made it to the finals. Who did you get at the finals? That humble um, overhaul. Lovely, <laughs> yeah. lovely, Love And
1: unfortunately, it was a week after free uh, university nationals. So again, I'd done like no jitsu and I could win the Oceana trials on wrestling and not a lot of jiu-jitsu mm. but I'm not trying to not about to win the actual they, world the championships yeah. yeah
0: their guards their guards are a lot better yeah, than... yeah. so um what how was at heavyweight then was he
1: yeah he was he moved up for some reason must have been on the good
0: Brazilian paddy yeah, thing. Must have been he wasn't nicer. that
1: massive was pretty much like he is now I think okay. he just decided to go up a weight yeah he? I was
0: going to say he's not quite like yeah. he's not your traditional butch size no
1: heavyweight no. but um so yeah, you got so a good draw he... once again so you yeah can come on. yeah as to be expected you know so yep. he uh, I talked to Hodge Gracie I trained a little bit before and I said hey what do you know about this guy and he goes he's got awesome leg locks and he's definitely going to pull guards so I'm like damn it Fantastic. I wonder if someone's going to try to wrestle <laughs> yeah. with me. fuck I don't know leg lock defense that good So, Lovely. and lo and behold he pulled guard and then from like butterfly guard he like loaded me up and went to tried to like attack a, a heel hook from like an outside arshi, whatever I mean
0: by it. today's standards it probably wasn't Anything spectacular, by but then, I'm sure by what 2010 is it? 2009. That was, I mean, yeah. by 2009 stands, it was probably, you know, yeah.
1: Fucking... If Hodger says he's got yeah. good leg locks, then back then he had good leg locks, so yeah. And Do I, you
0: think Hodger knows what good leg locks are? He is Hodger Gracie. Yeah, I'm not saying, mate, I'm not, not saying, like
1: now, not like now, yeah. Okay, yeah. But I can't argue with that guy, no. So he went for a heel, and I grabbed his wrist to stop him getting a bite on it, and I flicked mm-hmm. my foot from outside to actually to the inside. And then kind of like Hipped towards him Almost like a north-south position And then he kind of inverted Tried to go for a knee bar And then I rolled And got my foot on his butt Kicked out of that I'm thinking Sweet, I'm out
0: yeah, Like I'm the man I'm a And mistaken, then, all these then yes he stuff. just put
1: me Right back into another Fucking leg lock Like <laughs> as soon as we engaged He did it again yeah. And then he got a bite on it And I tried to roll out of it And he switched it to a knee bar And then I twisted Not realizing that He'd held my heel Stuck So I kind of Twist my own knee That was just a rookie mistake For yeah. me because I really wasn't doing any leg locks back then hardly.
0: Well absolutely nobody here was I mean so I mean I'd started playing around with them at that stage but I was still a I was a blue belt in 2009 you yeah, and I yeah. went trying and in my level it's it's disgusting how low it was. Mm. And I was one of the guys that was actually
1: trying yeah, to do leg locks yeah. then. And um, at the time like I thought I I thought I was a bit ahead of the game not like him. And I was wrestling a lot but I used to like doing leg locks and that but man I didn't know shit. I still kind of don't, you know.
0: It's just, and it's got to a point now where it's, man. Unless you're training with these guys who are right at the pointy end of the spear, mm-hmm. you may as well fucking not even bother. Yeah, you may as well not even bother. Well,
1: you should though. Should bother.
0: Well, yeah, but you've got to get that access to information. Yeah, that's why you and I are always talking. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just so in depth. If yeah. you just think, oh, I'll be right. I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll make it work. I'll kind. Mm-hmm. You just no. You just keep falling into more traps. Yep. You know that um it's like that cartoon where he, where he steps on one rake but then there's like <laughs> yeah. there's like a hundred other ones around just right. that was me right there <laughs> I <It's like laughs> the thought I was
1: done with that one rake and then fucking yeah, yeah, right yeah. in the face again yeah,
0: yeah that's right yeah
1: so that was the backtrack to that so then yeah so after to go forward again mm. Commonwealth Games I was in the last wrestling tournament then I decided alright time to get to MMA So mm-hmm. I'm going to do I'm going to get back to boxing. So I did some kickboxing stuff before, and I did some boxing with a guy called Steve Rudick, who was at the time... The mayor and, of Canberra, I call Yeah. Him. He, was, he was the national champ. Uh, so he went to Commonwealth Games. He got a bronze in 2006 uh, for boxing. Yep. And then I came back, and he was... He
0: was actually our boxing coach here at yeah, Sydney West Martial yeah, Arts for a little bit. That's Steve. He's the man. He's a dick. He's the best guy in the whole world. <laughs>
1: He's the worst. Uh, so he... I started boxing with him, mm-hmm. and then his training partner, Alexi, who was that, the current national champ. Mm. So I pretty much jumped in with the two top uh, Olympic-style boxers in the country, and I started training with them like five, six days a week, just went all out with boxing. Just I, Then I fell in love with that, mm-hmm. really. Did that, and then... Because
0: Steve's got quite a technical style of boxing yeah, as well. Yeah.
1: yeah, he learned from Gary Hamilton, who's got a really technical style, mm-hmm. good European style. Mm-hmm. So did a bunch of boxing with them, had one boxing fight, and then... Uh, went over to America and sort of went to a few different gyms American Top Team American Kickboxing Academy and stuff Trained a few people to see where I wanted to base myself out of to really try and make it go because you were
0: definitely an interesting prospect for these guys if you look at your resume between your wrestling um, being an Australian but then you you know your ADCC run a few times like you were definitely an interesting prospect for these guys yeah and you still only had one fight at this stage right
1: I only had one fight Hmm. Went, went over there and I tried out with these teams and I went to AKA and just hit it off with the guys there. Mm. Had a tryout there. They, they chucked me right in with DC for like three rounds in a cage with Crazy Bob in there, kind of refing it. I didn't know, but it was my tryout. Mm. And then as soon as we are done, they're like, all right, you're on the team. That was awesome. Sweet. Awesome. You're in. How
0: did that How did that go down? Did you just beat the fuck out of you for, was no, it, it actually, three that fives that or was, that three? Was
1: probably one of the closest sparring rounds we ever had. <laughs> oh, really? It was really good. Like When we finished, he went to his corner and said, who won? And this oh really was two weeks before he fought bigfoot for the first time in the strike force tournament so that really happened with me like he he got like you know we're standing whatever i'm a bit longer so i could kind of mm-hmm. like use my range jab and then he went for a shot and i sprawled and i got behind him and then i ended up going i tried to go from side control to mount and he bucked and got me off then he took me down with a big high crutch but on the on the bottom, I did like a, a wrist roll. Got him over. I did like a deep half sweep. It's a good So whatever the wrist roll, call me, yeah, because you think his base would well, it's a, be. It's a wrestling move. Very so impressive. So it's it's a move that I've always loved doing. So yeah. I, I do do that well. I've done it to a lot of people. Do
0: you think your length makes you be more efficient? For some reason, it makes you more effective at that. You can maybe the length of your femurs because they're so long. When you actually sit knee to knee to your hip, maybe you create extra rotation. I don't know
1: what it is, but when I do go, I feel it's a it really really drags fast, guys really fast uh, drop and spin. Mm. So I've done it to a lot of of good guys. So yeah, had a good good round with him, three rounds, and then kind of got accepted onto the team, and then went away, got my visa sorted, had another fight, won that here, and then went back over there, decided I was going to start my fight career, and didn't quite pan out, because it it was a little bit of lazy management, and... Uh, I just was training and training and training and kind of like there was fight and then it would fall through. I got mm. one fight after a couple months and I thought, sweet, if I get every, a fight every few months, that'd be perfect. I was going to be there for 10 months and then, you know, DC would have a camp, I'd be there to help him, waiting to get my fight, whatever. Nothing would kind of, like something would almost happen and it would fall through.
0: Do you think, I mean, I remember you telling me years ago that on the local scene, guys that hear, oh, this guy's that have AKA especially, kind of especially
1: if you're a heavyweight.
0: Because they're like, ah look, this is gonna not look good on my record. Yeah. He's gonna probably beat no, me no up. No one wants
1: to fight a guy coming up who's like a training partner of Kane and DC, yep. you know? Yeah. So definitely that that played a factor. Um
0: But at this whole time you're you're working hard yeah, in the training man. room and putting miles in yourself to, and I'm trying
1: to I went over <clears throat> there already in shape. I was training hard and you know, Kane would go through a full camp. I'd be there right by his side doing all the rounds and stuff. And Then he would kind of drop off. DC, go through a full camp. I'd be right there. And then, you know, I'm just peaking. redlining. Mm. And my body started to, you know, yeah, feel it. And then I ended up switching management, getting a fight. But I was really run down. And then before a debut fight with King of the Cage, I tore my labrum in my shoulder. I had to have surgery. So that sucked. So I came back to Australia. Um...
0: So how does that work? Could you get operated in the States or yeah, did it makes more States. sense to come back to no, Australia? I had
1: it done there. I had, I had okay. a, a good deal with the surgeon guy there, hooked me up pretty good. Right. So I did that, had the surgery, and then went back over there and then I was you know, starting to rehab back from that. It was at the six, seven month mark and then uh, and then I had to get a knee surgery. The knee mm. surgery went fucking terrible terrible so this was meniscus right meniscus yeah. and micro fractures to my femoral head where I'd like worn it down from years and years of you think the, 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 the Japanese running. running the running fucked me because I had a tall meniscus and I was still running and stuff mm-hmm. you know it was stupid you know my a good thing about me is uh I got a good work ethic it's also a bad thing because it's yep. too much sometimes yep. so I did that
0: well, I mean, let's be honest. How much thicker can your meniscus be than anyone else's but you're 110 to yeah, 20 kilos? Yeah. That has to just beat it up quicker, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's more weight. Gravity works the same with you as it does with me.
1: <laughs> Worse. I'm heavier. That's, well, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the good thing that happened at that time was I met uh, my now-wife, Jess. She was, she was over there, so I met her. Best thing that ever happened here? Best. Well, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. So met her. We ended up getting married, so I ended up I was in my wedding on crutches
0: lovely yeah hobbling I mean that's around. that's you too, that's you <laughs> if you yeah. were gonna script it that'd be you wouldn't yeah.
1: it yeah yeah you, you couldn't script it any better yeah. to be honest comical misfortune yes yeah but so that, that was a great thing but then that knee surgery screwed me so from 2014 15 16 half of 17 for like you were just never years, right were you? yeah just never was right I was walking in pain it was, yep. I went from like feeling on top of the world to my shoulder came pretty good but I would, most of the time, if I was walking or standing, it hurt. I'm mm-hmm. um, thinking, I can't. You know, for a while it started to come good. I started to box a lot again, and then it sort of started to go backwards. And
0: Did they repair that, or did they take it they out? They
1: did something. So they took out the meniscus, but they did something called microfractures to the femoral head, where they cut it back to bare bone. They puncture holes in the bone, little microfractures, and then that bone marrow bleeds out. And then the stem cells from the bone marrow are supposed to make like a scar tissue sort of uh, cartilage.
0: Was that a, because uh, so, you don't hear of that a lot. Was that a, like something uh, that was a bit of a new
1: no, thing? No, it's, it's been around for a bit, but it's just not, not the best. And I had like a pretty big hole to be trying to fix like that. And they didn't mm-hmm. see it going in on the MRI. So it was a bit of a surprise to them. Okay. They could have maybe had a better approach had they seen it coming, yep. but they didn't and yeah so So they've
0: opened up gone oh fuck and then just gone well let's just do what we can yeah so i thought
1: they're going to trim my meniscus and i'll be back in like five weeks Mm -hmm. and then instead it was like three years of pain and not really been able to train right and
0: so they were doing were they doing um an arthroscope initially yeah and then they 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 didn't open me up they still did it all they still did everything from from, okay right yeah yeah. so that that should have been a quick turnaround because everyone everyone that's doing a scope it's like you're going to walk out of hospital a few Mm -hmm. weeks it's the guys who have to get it. Jason Rao just had; his repaired, and that's yeah. been about six months. Yeah. But that's you have to. It takes time for it to repair. Yeah. But yeah, that scope should have been like yeah. a quick. Should have been. So that yeah. was a,
1: that was a disaster. That that pretty much I hung on to this MMA career for a couple more years, thinking I'll oh, get better, get better. Mm-hmm. Had a second surgery trying to fix it. Had a whole bunch of stem cells pumped in there. Things ended up getting better, but never got to the point that I felt really comfortable doing a lot of quick footwork in a tall stance mm-hmm. if i bend down into wrestling it doesn't really line up with that damaged area so i can do it mm-hmm. so after like three years of all that stuff i started getting some improvement from the stem cells from the second surgery on my knee and then started making my way back into jiu-jitsu and i started training at kyotera academy and then everything kind of changed that was a real turning point for mm-hmm. me to- so
0: you'd spent i want to say it was about five years at aka is that fair to say? Uh, including injury time?
1: 2011 was when I tried out. 2012 was when I moved there. 2014 was when I had that bad surgery. So I was there all like 2013. And, and I was there on and off. I was coaching there for a little bit, yep. teaching classes and stuff. I was doing some training. It was really minimal because I had a lot of pain in this knee.
0: Yeah. So They must have been frustrated too because they could see that... I mean, for you should have been a UFC fighter. I know yeah, I, I, I should like have had, but you should yeah, have been. Yeah, I yeah. think with your skill set and your work, at, you yeah, should have I been. Think so, I think so. I think your yeah. body just let you down.
1: I let my body down too. I got to take ownership for overtraining and, yep. and doing some shit that I shouldn't have. But, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I didn't know at the time that heel striking was the wrong way to run, that I shouldn't be running like crazy as a heavyweight, that I shouldn't be training redline mm-hmm. all year round. Mm-hmm. And some people tell me, hey, kind of overtraining me. Yeah, whatever. I I got it. You know, like this is how I got. I'll be be right. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But your age starts to catch up with you. The the miles start to add up. Mm. I should have, that was my mistake. You know, so I got got to wear that.
0: So you kind of make like a mental decision there of, I mean, I don't even know yet. You've officially kind of given up on MMA being a thing.
1: Yeah, that was 2014, 15. It was like 16 or partway through 16 where I finally was like, Fuck it. is not happening. I, would, I just want to walk without pain. Yep. Forget the fucking fighting. Just... Yep. It's not going to happen. And
0: so you ended up with um three or four pro fights at the end. Mm. Yeah.
1: Want to so,
0: say three?
1: Three pro fights, one boxing fight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So... Put that away. Coached a little bit. Um, Like, helped Todd Duffy a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he helped me too. Yeah, he was, it was, yep. That was a back and forth thing. I just happened to corner him. And...
0: But, I mean, you were in the training room with, with literally the best guys in the world. Yeah, you were in the Kane, training room. Kane of DC. Every Kane and heads of those guys, um, learning from them. John Fitch.
1: Yeah, all those um, guys. Kevin.: Yeah, yeah, he was there. Man, yeah. when I first met, he was just like this little no-name Russian dude. Yeah. Fun little guy, bad English, but he was now, a killer. He, back then, he was a killer. Like, I knew this guy was special.
0: So, here is um. He's been he's been uh, in an interview. He said he'd never been tapped out. He's even saying in the gym. He's <laughs> never. How do you train wrestling and grappling and never get tapped
1: out? Did you ever see? Well, that's weird because I tapped him out.
0: Okay, I'm <laughs> kidding.
1: I'm kidding. That never happened. That I'm never straight to Daga- happened. To
0: <laughs> gonna be
1: that never happened. Okay. Yeah, I never saw him get tapped out. I never Dennis is winking at me out. now. You can't no, see no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> you can see. Don't, don't edit that out. So yeah, he was a killer back then. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. But- hey. But
0: uh, I mean, he's so he's one of the only guys I would maybe believe it. But like, mm. how do you go from being a white belt effectively all the yeah. way through to where he's at, and not get tapped out? I don't by know. Someone?
1: I almost can't believe it. He does joke and stuff for maybe. Him, so he was hopefully, joking. I don't know. Hopefully, that's what it is. Doesn't make sense. Otherwise. I've never heard of anybody
0: that could yeah. do that. But
1: anyway, yeah. So yeah, I was surrounded by these killer guys, and then that was where I got exposed to the folk style stuff. Because I tell you what, it was such a, a rude awakening for me that the first few times I, I trained with kane he was the heavyweight champion at the time and there were certain things where, like i would he would turtle up and i'm like man i'm about to choke out the ufc champ he's yeah. turtled up this mistake number one and then he's <clears throat> he's over there he's like five meters away what the fuck just happened what on earth he just broke all the rules in jiu-jitsu mm. and lived this can't be right do it again do it again he kept getting away i didn't understand the folk style escapes i didn't mm-hmm. understand how he was getting up but controlling the my hand hands fight and they stuff and it, and yeah. his hip positioning and mm-hmm. all the things he was doing to stop me getting my hooks in mm-hmm. and yes yeah, so I, I did a lot of work with him and he's a good dude he's a guy that will give you know he's not like a selfish
0: he does seem like a good guy yeah he is he really he actually is. doesn't i think a lot of people don't get to know him well because he doesn't really do a lot of media and he doesn't he's, want to. he's uh,
1: he's a bit shy and quiet yeah. like he doesn't open up quickly mm-hmm. once he does it's super cool he jokes around and stuff good dude I got a lot of respect for that guy but you know to, to be a world champ and then I ask him a question he just sits down and just starts throwing all these techniques at me and mm. I'm there after just writing everything down just notes and notes and notes and trying to master all this stuff yeah I learn a lot and of he that.
0: still might be he never quite got to reach it but yeah. he still might be the best heavyweight ever
1: in my opinion healthy Kane yeah. is the best heavyweight ever yeah. I've seen what he can do to people man I could do a whole podcast just talking about the rounds he did I'll tell you the first experience I had with him actually training properly hard with him was uh he was preparing for Junior Dos Santos 2 the mm-hmm. second one so he lost the first one by knockout so he's in the black room which is like the cage room where you do the hard hard sparring with the with yep. the coaches there and everything mm-hmm. the other room the red rooms where everyone's kind of like just a whole group of people just changing every round mm-hmm. so he's in there and he's got four people he had four fresh people five sorry I was the fifth round he's in there for five rounds I get in there. I'm the fifth round. Were you licking the
0: chops thinking this will be my... No, I mean, not yeah. entirely. No, just, I, thought,
1: I was thinking this guy's a killer. Yeah. So <laughs> I get in there for the fifth round and I left more tired than him. <laughs> not just because he's a cardio freak. He is. But he's got this style where he's always in your face. He never lets you relax for a second. He's constantly... You, you think... He's going to punch you in the face. He's on your legs. You think he's going to go for the take? Yeah. he's punching you in the face. He takes you down. It's impossible to get up. You take yeah. him down. He's up on his feet in a second. I would spend more yep. energy taking him down than it took for him to get back to his feet. And I just thought, like, well, why bother? Yep. It's, just, it's losing me the fight to try and take him down.
0: I think, um, freak? I think the best mixed martial artists aren't necessarily brilliant, brilliant in any one area, but their timing between yes. choosing which option just... Yeah. Is like the difference between an old stick shift where it takes like three seconds to shift or like yeah. a new Ferrari that with a paddle gearbox where it's like next gear, next gear, next gear. Well,
1: we would do sometimes pure boxing rounds and yeah. I, I would go really good with him. Mm-hmm. Apart from his cardio being better, his volume, technically yeah. it would be good. Mm-hmm. Later rounds would be a bit tougher. If we would just do pure wrestling, it was pretty back and forth. If mm-hmm. we did pure jiu-jitsu, I think he was better. But it was still pretty competitive. But you put those things together, he was on another level. It was just mm-hmm. seamless between. He just got it. And I heard that like from day one, that's how he was. He mm. just got it.
0: Is it is it it's not even a learnt thing as some guys have got this. Yeah. Yeah. He just I mean they say George St. Pierre's the same way. Yeah. He's not really a standout in any one area, but mm-hmm. his ability to choose the right answer for that particular moment in time you while know, you're thinking of a different and the question.
1: Timing, yeah. Because I've seen George mm. in the wrestling room, he's pretty good. Yeah you put bugs like on and yeah. people in a high stance he just blasts <clears throat> everyone it's, a, mm. it's another another game entirely you know like him and Koschek, he shouldn't have lost in pure wrestling koshek probably would have beat him but mm. standing up he took him down every time koshek couldn't get him down mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah so that was that was Kane and DC yeah a bunch of good guys in that room
0: oh yeah, yeah. i remember seeing DC come through he actually had, very early in his career came out to Australia here, mm-hmm. and he fought on a show that was run by some um, some gangsters out here. I think I remember, it, it yeah. never existed long. It had two yeah, yeah. two things. They pumped a bunch of money, and it had fought big solo and he fought. Yeah, had some big names. Yeah. And he, he fought uh, Big Daddy Lucas Brown. He yeah, was a heavyweight yeah. boxer, and um, I sat in the front row, and I, I'd heard because I was into MMA like a nerd back then, like mm-hmm. I am now, and no one else knew MMA wasn't very. It was about two thousand and ten. Yeah, and I'm like. And I'm saying to people, watch this dude, because this little yeah. sort of fat-looking American, ch- American yeah, yeah. dude, and the people are like what the that fuck, yeah. and they're like big, big daddy Lucas Brown's big tattoo guy, and everyone's like he's going to knock him out. I said, watch this dude, yeah. and uh, he took him down, and he elbowed his face nearly completely off his body, like the mm-hmm. scar this dude had was all the way down, like half. Mm-hmm. It was horrendous. He did it in like no time yeah. too. Just played with him.
1: Now I, I knew DC because I'd been watching him wrestle for years. You know, mm-hmm. I was there at the 2007. Uh, uh, world championships when he took a bronze, and I'd watched him. You know, he lost the bronze match in 2004 Olympics. I he was he cutting was a,
0: too much weight back then, too. I think, uh, wasn't he
1: less than to get to like heavy? He was only well, cutting, yeah, to but I don't
0: th- think I think he was heavier oh like he was not as in the shape or was, I think it it was maybe as maybe better shape back then, really? Yeah,
1: and he was only it, cutting to two thousand two ninety six. 96 was the weight division, I think. Pounds. so not as much as 205, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wasn't surprised by him being a freak for sure, yeah, and he was man, like. Little short guy that can somehow land punches on you and just jump in and is always on your legs and good pressure.
0: Is he particularly strong? He looks strong. His
1: hips are super strong. Yeah. His ability to get underneath you. Yeah. His hips are, you look at the size of his ass, massive. Like it's all muscle. He's he's a strong dude. He's real wide. He's strong everywhere, but his hips especially, real explosive.
0: Yeah. Like if he's on a high crutch, he's hard to deal with, right? Yeah. He's going to launch you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah and a series he has he has a series about four or five things he does and it's just yep. no matter which way you he lean the he's going to dump pressure
1: you into the, the lifts high crutch and dump you over yep. and, yeah. and it's seamless he chain wrestles those together so quickly
0: mm. so you move from you kind of make that decision look this is not working then you move to Kaya Terra yeah
1: and I started training there and my knee was so bad man at first I was like God, if I can just drill every day if I mm. can just drill I'll be really happy and then I, you know, the stem cells and the second surgery started kind of working out getting better and then uh, so I started training there and then Yuri Samoas, he just he was there and I started, trying, started training with him a bunch we hit it off and then and the competition team there was the best bunch of guys man mm. still is just just awesome Com- guys Kyle is
0: very big about the team aspect yeah guys and a lot being, of etiquette yeah. there's a lot of etiquette mm-hmm. there
1: which I think goes a long way especially when there's like AK is a lot of testosterone yep. fueled. Um, a lot of alphas. Yeah. People yeah. are going to butt heads. You know, at this place, you kind of kept in check mm-hmm. in, in some ways. A lot of etiquette and stuff, a lot of rules. And you got Yuri there to kind of keep everyone in check, too. <laughs> He's a bit of an enforcer. <clears throat> uh, so, went there, and then Yuri, you know, he won the 2017 ADCC trials, and my knee started getting better. And I thought, man, maybe I can go for the 2019 ones. That'd be sweet. So, then started competing again, thinking I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Came second at the US Open then did brown belt worlds came second at that lost a ref decision to Devonte. Devonte, what's i can't remember his second name he's now the black belt world champ at uh nogi
0: sounds like he's out of lord ever Devontae, Earth, Devontae sure.
1: johnson no he's out of uh unity black dude
0: yeah, I assume that yeah. with the name Deontay, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I so don't, I don't, I don't know which one he is. I
1: lost him, and then went to Gee Worlds. Um, I never really did much Gee, so I, I practiced mm. did like a proper eight, ten weeks in the Gi. Came third there at IBJJF Worlds,
0: which is a massive achievement for those listening. To no matter whether it's a brown, black, whatever, like just to to medal there, because mm. the the, re- the re- realistic thing, the guys that are medaling at, at, at the brown belt worlds are probably better than a lot of black belts that are getting around a lot of clubs that's the reality
1: absolutely especially like competitive guys your average black belt is totally different level for sure so I went there and I lost by two points to Victor Hugo who just got double grand slam Mm -hmm. so he won double gold at uh, Worlds Brazilian Nationals Europeans and Pan Americans so he's not bad yeah he's solid (laughs) And then he just beat the number two black belt in the world in Russia. So he's going to be great. So I lost by two points to him on a sweep. I swept him back, but then he stood up and ran out of bounds. And I got an advantage for that. Uh, then Nogi Worlds, I ended up losing him again by two points um, on a sweep. And then comes 80CC Trials. So first one was supposed to be in Kazakhstan. I mm-hmm. was halfway there and landed in Turkey. My phone blew up and then I found out the tournament had been cancelled. So I cancelled the rest of my Couldn't trip believe that. and then found out that it wasn't cancelled but they were only giving away one ticket but I'd already cancelled The flight was already gone. It was, a, sh-
0: it was a complete... Fuck, sh- that was yeah. a shit show. It was yeah. so bad. Hopefully it doesn't go back to Kazakhstan again. Yeah. Oh, I'm really hoping. they really hoping. I think Australia might get it next time. Yeah, yeah. This next year, yeah.
1: So, that didn't happen and then...
0: So that left you with the, um, with the second trials for our region, which yeah, was the yeah. Japanese so trial. Japan,
1: right? which I was really happy about, because I wanted to go back to Japan, yep. bring yep. my wife with me, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to show her. So she's, uh, her parents were Taiwanese, she grew up in America, but her mom remarried to a Japanese-American guy, so she grew up with like, right. a, a Japanese culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I speak Japanese, her family loved my ass, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. really cool. I was a big white guy that speaks Japanese, so yeah, I got to bring her to Japan with me, that was super cool. And, yes, yeah, so I had the trials there. Uh First match had a Japanese dude, took him down, passed his guard, kimura him. Second round had a big Kazakhstan guy. Maybe Chechen, but he's... I forget his name, but he got double bronze at Europeans. He lost mm-hmm. to Victor Hugo too. Yep. And...
0: He looked solid.
1: He was solid, yeah, man. He, he was good. legit, proper Jiu-Jitsu. <clears throat> I think he's a bit better in the Gi, but mm-hmm. he was really tough, so... I was trying to pass his guard the whole time. He was trying to go for arm drags, arm platters, and stuff. And then uh, we went to full time, uh, no points. But then we started in our feet, advantage to me. Mm. So <laughs> I took him down to 0 And then he made a mistake of, as I backed off, he stood up again. Mm. He, should, he should have butt scooted towards of course, me. Of course. And then I took him down, lifted him up, put him to side control. So passing his well, landing on side control. They called it a clean takedown. Yeah, that you so four, that gave me four, four they, yeah, points. And so right. then, then I won... He actually ended up. I tried to pass his guard, and he put me in a high elbow guillotine. I spun out of it, and then he half took my back with one hook in. So mm. I ended up finishing the match with him half my back defending my neck, but he didn't get points that. You so. already had enough points by yeah, then. Yeah, so I won that six nil, and then that put me in the final with his name uh, Daniel Schwartz. Daniel Schwartz. Schwart. Schwart. So he'd young up and coming kid from Adelaide. Uh, you were telling me about leglock and everyone.
0: I think he, he'll be the future of that weight. I think. Yeah. 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 So
1: yep. went with him. He was strong. Um, mm. Ended up in, like... I took him down quick. I just... I, I didn't want to fuck around trying to wait for the points. Off. I just thought, I'm just going to go for it from the start. Yeah. So, you know, like try to go for the sub, try and get dominant position, try to tire him out, whatever. I'm just going to go for it. No, no more of that stalling crap that yep. I did once. And, you know, sold my soul to do that. <laughs> so yeah. took him down, ended up in his, like, knee shield, Z-guard, whatever. Which for is like his... Yeah, three his, minutes his, or so. Position, yeah. And... I was very defensive there, trying to just not let him get anything. He ended up stuffing my head and kind of scooting around to the back with this kind of Kimura grip. Almost, I thought, was going to get me in like a face-down crucifix. So I pulled my arm out and I did a wrist roll again. But then my my right arm was on the outsides. I ended up in almost like a a uh, T-Kimura. T, T yep. Yeah. And then um, we ended up going on knees again. I rolled him through again. And this time I sat up and like ended up in kind of like a like a double leg position and like i sat him up so i was down on his legs and and put him into like a smash pass position spent the most of the match with him turtle to me trying to like break him down I'm doing a bunch of like folk style sort of mm-hmm. rides like tilting him turning him this way trying to roll through to guard i'd put him back to to turtle and then he tried to roll through and i put him to like a smash pass position and Got double undogs and did like a dope mount with and about that 30 was seconds it. to that go. Was that That's was where it. you racked up the points. So I got my three points there, yep. held mounts until... until
0: uh... All right. Okay, sorry, guys. We just had a uh, major meltdown with my gear here. Joe Rogan has young Jamie helping him with his podcast, and I have young Luke, who is also trying to talk to people. So, sorry, Dennis, I apologize, yeah, mate. All good, all um, good. While, while all this has happened, um, it's got into the time of the afternoon where the kids' class has started, so we've got a 1,000 kids out there running around. So, everything's happened Great. at once. Sound quality. But it's all good. We, uh, so, we started talking. I'm pretty sure that we just lost um, our recording when we were talking about you um, winning against D- uh, Daniel Schwartz. Um, yeah. p- dope mount passed got the points yeah, yeah. that so, was right where we got to and then
1: so rode him on turtle he tried to turn to guard yep. I kind of put him to smash pass got double undooks dope mounted so went to mount from the smash pass 30 seconds to go uh, got my 3 points held mount and yeah so won the trials and I got to get up and so good. Point at my wife and then run over to her once I raise my hand. Did you got, cry? Uh, did I cry? Did a tear come out?
0: Uh, no, no tears, okay. no tears. Okay. But
1: if not, I was looking, maybe maybe there would have been something. But no. I haven't sung enough praise for Jess. Like she yep. threw up all that stuff when my knee. You know, she met me. We got together when I was like a happy athlete. You were the up
0: and coming UFC fighter. Yeah,
1: and then you know she signs the dotted line and then on this cripple fall apart. I can't. I can't work. Can't walk. And she's supporting me financially. She's just. A champion and yep. throughout the whole time a normal person would have been like time to just give this shit up yep. get another job she helped me with everything I she could think of to support me financially and, and emotionally all that mhm to help me get back to being uh, healthy. You know, sending me off to Florida to get stem cells, all this sort of stuff.
0: Just bring that mic in a bit more. Paying think, like yeah. and everything. Yep.
1: So so she did a lot. And then she was funding these trips. That was her money lost when I went to Kazakhstan. You know, I'm, I'm earning money too. But she's got like a proper job. She works <laughs> at Stanford. So she's funding my crazy, crazy dream. Not one's telling me it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I know it's crazy. She's not telling me that. It's not crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh to a normal person's kind of crazy. Yeah. So she's doing all this sort of stuff. So it's great to be able to win it, run over to her and like, you know, thank her and mm-hmm. tell her, you know, it's because of her. And I, I couldn't have done this stuff without her. So thank you, Jess. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. I love you. Awesome. She's the best. The best, the best yeah. So You are
0: lucky. You, you did well there. Yeah. You did well there.
1: I did. Man. I don't know how I scored that, but yeah. I did well. Yeah. So um So for
0: those that don't understand, just to put into context, ADCC is the grappling equivalent, grappling slash jiu equivalent of the Olympics. Like, mm. it's our biggest thing. If you're yeah. an ADCC champion, even if you're just an ADCC finalist, which you have been multiple times... Mm but now just recently you won the trials now Jiu Jitsu's exploded yeah. everyone's good and you still won it so mm-hmm. it wasn't just 2005 where it was like two other guys and it was yeah. like yeah I won it but you know you, you won it against like that kid you beat he's, he's very good. good he's training professionally yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a proper Jiu Jitsu he's jiu-jitsu training full time over yeah. in
1: Dubai with the Nagara team or yeah that. he's not he's good he's
0: no slouch at all yeah. and, and you still Solid. talk it out so yeah. that was massive man that was a huge achievement yeah.
1: so I, I was super happy with that and, and you know the last two years at Cayo Academy I, I can't say enough Good things about Kyle as a coach, Yuri as a coach, the team mm. as a whole. The guys there just incredible. Jeremy Jackson, who's kind of like the glue that holds that place together, he's, he's kind of like the unofficial team captain. Mm-hmm. Just keeps the place running smooth. It's one of those places, no egos. we just just run so well. It's just been the, one of the best things I've ever done is join that team. Mm-hmm. Those guys are my brothers. I love that team. So, yeah, that that really brought me up. Had I not joined that, I really don't think I would have been able to, to do what I did in the last few years yeah. you know, with the IBJJF Worlds and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of thanks to those guys. So, after that, came back, uh, did another Worlds, but I hadn't trained in the Gi for like two months and didn't do well in that. Lost in the quarterfinal, actually, to someone, Babylonia. Had a bye, won a match, lost to him. Did that wrist roll again, goddammit. And then as I came over... Um to get on top he flicked a leg over to like an uh like own platter position, went belly down ah, interesting. with his with my, my hand got caught in his armpit. Yep and his little funky arm arm bar. So credit him. Hmm. Sucks for me. But that, that cost me another shot at trying to take out Victor Hugo. I had a different game plan this time. I hmm. had a different game plan that I think was Did just, he take out that division again? Yeah, he yep. got double gold, yeah. Hmm. So I wanted that back has he got his black yet yes so yep. he got his black in his first tournament he went to that that tournament in Russia I forget what it's called maybe AAC, ACB ACB yeah yeah yep. he did that and he fought the guy that came second to Buchecha in the finals and lost to Buchecha and he beat him so, right. he, so Victor's already yeah, he's legit yeah, and, he, and he's qualified for ADCC too I was I don't have a million fights with him but I wouldn't mind some yeah. more revenge and ADCC rules definitely favour me I feel very comfortable. Did he win the a, Brazilian? No, he prize. was an invite. He was an invite. Him okay. and uh, Muhammad Ali were the last two guys to get invited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it stacked division. Heaps of tough guys. So,
0: yeah, but the, yeah to, the, uh, the ADCC finals are going to be off the chain. I mean, mm-hmm. just, we're all super excited about that. Yeah. That's in September. It's just yeah. huge.
1: Super excited. <laughs> yeah. So, so... Remember, out guys, out Dennis is in a sling while he's sitting here. We haven't got, <laughs> Super we haven't excited. got. This get your tissues ready because yeah, Jesus, yeah. So, um, I decided. Anyone that knows Luke knows he's a leglock specialist. He's one of my my best resources for leglocks. I love coming out here. Thank you. Me, me and him just hit it off. We get together. We just talk jujitsu. I think just, we're just
0: both jujitsu nerds. We just love it, man. We just feed off each. other. Not even jujitsu, martial arts. I want to say like yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. just
1: we form like Voltron. We just. Yeah. We just go full geek mode. So plan was come out here, do a bunch of seminars, mm-hmm. and I was going to stay here roughly a week, train with him by day, teach seminars by night. Sorted. And it was going to be awesome. So I come out here on the 17th, went to Canberra on the 18th, had a bit of a roll, did some weights, bit fatigued, bit jet-lagged, had a roll uh, after maybe not fully warmed up against a couple of the smaller guys, some black belts, and then went against a guy really strong and tried to hit kind of like a cutback single, like a weird position where I went for like a takedown from under front headlock. Tried to pop my head up and like tap the far knee. And there's a lot of things I do. I do pretty explosive and I went for it and pop, felt some pop right, right here. And that was... That was I my thought, heart.
0: That was my heart popping.
1: I thought... Oh man, I think I just tore my pec
0: muscle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I tore my pec muscle. I also tore both tendons clean off the bone. Fuck.
0: So did it and did they did that tear the muscle or it literally just pulled those tendons off the bone?
1: Muscle and <clears throat> tendons. Jesus Christ. So I, I didn't know that. I was like, this does not feel good. This feels mm. really bad. I went mm. home, looked in the mirror, lifted my arms up, and the muscle belly just wasn't there. Yep. It was like there was nothing in my armpit. Fuck! I think I've torn this, and I, I've seen some fighters like uh, Shogun and a few guys like that that have a similar looking pec. Mm-hmm. Well, they made it work, whatever. I don't. You wanna... always,
0: you can always convince yourself. Yeah, that it's not yeah, that I, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Your legs point in the wrong direction. Yeah, no, I'm right. pretty sure it was always that whatever. Way. Whatever. flesh yeah. wound.
1: So I thought I can, I can still do this. There's a way around this. Mm. a way around this. It's just a pec tears It's just the muscle. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so I went to see a sports doctor. He says, I think you've ripped it clean off the bone. Mm-hmm. So he sends me to a surgeon. The surgeon says, I think you've ripped it clean off the bone. Surgeon sends me to an MRI guy. I go straight back to the surgeon. He says, they're saying you've ripped both tendons clean off the bone. But I don't think so. He thought it was only one tendon. He thought that wrong. So have to go in for surgery. So within less than a week, I was in there getting surgery, realizing that if I have this surgery... ADCC is gone off mm-hmm. it's done
0: and for, for those listening that don't know that well it's it's every two years so it's yeah. not every four but every two and and um, it's just it's a thing that you don't always get that opportunity so it's just such a big so much goes into getting yeah. there and you, and you were there again in the finals yeah. I think and, that's and why I did I it
1: twice You know, I did it when I was a blue belt yeah. I wasn't there to win it I was there yeah. to try you know do my thing I hung with uh, the doom It was good, good experience, but I wasn't. We'll we'll say nearly, nearly beat. Not, Uh, we'll just go with that. (laughs) This story can be uh, changed. Went with uh, Homlo Bahal. That was, you know, nearly beat. uh, Yeah, nearly, Mm. not really. Yeah. (laughs) So this time I've been training with Yuri, like day in and day out, Mm. button heads with killers, getting. This is the first time in all those years that I've really concentrated on jujitsu, and I really feel like I'm doing good. Yeah. I feel like there are people, like I look at the list of guys, they're all killers. There are guys there. I I know how... But you belong with those guys. Yeah, I know stylistically how I can beat some of these guys. Mm -hmm. And people on my team are telling me, like, you can beat this guy, you can beat that guy. So I'm thinking there's a good chance that I could do well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, not to say I'm going to beat Craig Jones, but like that's how Craig Jones, he went there, he'd already been, but his second time he went there and and surprised a lot of people. I wanted this to be my year to...
0: Remember, just because it used to be just, unless you were Brazilian or really unless you are Brazilian it didn't matter and then now it's become Brazilian-American and but now you know it doesn't actually matter there's so much access to high level information that you can be Australian even now and we're we're proving (laughs) that
1: yeah so I really wanted this to be the time you know um, wanted to get my leg lock defense covered with with Luke plus some other stuff you know Luke uh, I had to thank uh, on Instagram because I do generally IBJJF rules so before the the, the trials in japan going against daniel who's known for a lot of heel hooks and everything so me and luke did some like online like uh, we did like facetime or whatever yeah. and like you had some ukis and yeah. so he's he's drilling he's sending me videos i'm asking him questions and i've got another guy in japan that that big black dude heisen rider where we're on the mat drilling stuff while luke's talking us through techniques so we you know that was kind of the beginning i was trying to get my leg lock defense down i wanted it to be perfect i wanted it to be really good for for the world, so that's half the reason I was here to train mm-hmm. with Luke. So very I, pre- I,
0: I appreciate that a lot because yeah. you've got a lot of access to good information. So well, to so do you, man? You fucking to, over um, in
1: New York, learning from the yeah. source, and you yeah. got Jason Rao and yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're putting. We're heading. The, we're both heading the right direction. We're trying. One day, uh, one day, you're gonna come back to Australia, and we'll get a lot more time yeah, together I'll be as well. Sitting
1: in a wheelchair, coaching <laughs> from the side. <laughs> I'll drag you over, and I'll say, "This is Dennis, guys.
0: Yeah. He used to be the man." Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go change his colostomy bag. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, on the way, man. So, right now, I've got from here. All so, Dennis, for those, the way those that are listening, Dennis is pointing kind of like here. up on the top of his peck right to the I outside of be able his to see right, here, right? Yeah, but people do listen um, oh, okay, on okay, uh, okay. SoundCloud too. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, what's this? This is a good. Yeah, it's probably like it's probably a six,
0: 200 mil. Yeah, like eight inches. inches yeah. So,
1: she said, I don't know, it's like a big <laughs> fucking. Big.
0: Oh, disgusting
1: scar. Yeah. Big. Big thing the scar they record.
0: put on you for those things it literally looks like they did the surgery with the machete mm-hmm. um, one of the boys from here did the same yeah. thing and uh, it's a horrible looking scar they must have to open you up like a banana
1: yeah and, and your guy from here he I talked to him yeah Christian Yeah. he came back strong Yep. yeah fantastic I talked to mm-hmm. another guy in Canberra weightlifter he did it he came back strong Yep. Um, I got a, a voice recorded message from uh, Lava. Rafael Lovato Jr Lava- he Lava Jr. did the same thing mm-hmm. and, and he came back strong it took him a little longer I think than your guy yep but he came back strong so I'm hoping this you know for you're me gonna two, be fine yeah it,
0: you're gonna be perfectly fine I think that just the disappointing thing for all of us is yeah. just the timing yeah you know you were ready to go out there but look like I said before dwelling on that now makes no difference
1: yeah and um, I, I'm not doing it too much yeah. I the first not gonna lie, the first two right, days right. I ate about five liters, five tubs of um, Connoisseur ice cream. Nice. I, just, I went Which straight one? home. Which one ever? A lot of vanilla. Vanilla. Just, no, it's not my favorite, but I was saving with the parents. I had a lot of it. Then a bunch of chocolate <clears> and uh, oh man, I had so many different types of ice cream. I had a lot. I had wee spars. I had everything. Nice. I was just pigging out. Then I swore myself off for two days, and I was right back on the wagon um, for another couple of days eating ice cream after the surgery and. Yeah, so got to start dialing that back in now because I'm not training as hard as I was, yes. not burning all the calories. So yep. don't want to turn into a blimp. But <clears throat> I'm glad this is not a lower body injury. It really sucked when my knee was fucked. You, know, when you can't walk, you can't mm. live life right. Mm-hmm. You know, so this upper body, and you know, I just got to change my focus. I got to work on. I'm very obsessed with jujitsu, so like all my eggs are in one basket to the detriment of everything else there's so many things in my life that i 'm not paying attention to that are behind where they should be because i 'm all in on jiu-jitsu. and that 's great for jiu jitsu that 's not great for the rest of my life as far as you know business and like certain things you know giving things back to my wife that she deserves things like that yep. so I gotta just change my focus and What's done is done. I just got to make the best of my situation now and just try and move forward. The worst thing yep. for me to do is stop and not be yep. doing something moving forward. So I just got to... Shit, deal with this and...
0: Look, I think... Um, I think s- s- six months we're going to see you back to, to moving. Hope so, man. Yeah. I think that's what what's yeah. going to yeah. be.
1: My, my surgeon said he thought about four months and I'll be like drilling pretty good. Yep. And then... Uh, Hopefully six months is pretty. So I'm going to go spastic with this rehab. Remember, there's
0: trials again next year. Yeah. So yeah, it comes around quick. There's going to be you trials. Go for this shit again. They're going to be in Sydney.
1: And you know, I do know someone, uh, one of the guys from Tenth Planet, Big Red, that he he won one of the U.S. trials, then blew his knee out, and then next time round talked to the guys, and then they invited him. So mm-hmm. there is a chance I might get an invite, but yep. I'm not going to count on that. I'm yeah, going to get healthy. Sure. Win the get trials. back to Competition. I'm going to try and do a bunch of Nogi tournaments, yep. whatever ones I can do. Try to mm-hmm. keep getting my name out there. Yep. And, uh, yeah.
0: Kai, Terry, if you're listening, please give Dennis a black belt. This well, the plan yeah. is... I know you can never ask anybody no- that. No, no- I would never. Nothing
1: s- is official, but I'm flying back on the second. Mm-hmm. And on the fourth, we have a belt grading thing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure... I hope I look like a fucking idiot if I don't. <laughs>
0: we'll delete this and never talk about <laughs> it again. Yeah, so
1: it should be me, Kaniella, Benji, Hanata, Ryan Walsh, all, all my teammates that have all been like top level yep. Browns for for a long time yep. should all be now black belts. We should be getting our black stands. So That'll be sweet. I look forward and, to and, seeing that. And part of the reason that didn't happen, we talked about it earlier, it was um, like I. Like I said, I never really focused purely on jiu jitsu. And like early on, I switched to wrestling mm-hmm. and then I wasn't doing a lot of jiu jitsu. And then I came back and I really focused on the boxing. And then Anthony gave me my brown in 2012, I think, the start of 2012. And then when I came back from surgery in 2014, he was talking to me about maybe giving me my black then. But I said, like, yeah, I don't want to get it having just had surgery and step on the mat having not really done jiu-jitsu in like six months let me go back to America and train up and then I went back to America had my knee surgery yeah. <laughs> you know so then it was like yeah. three years of like next to no training then going to Kaio's gym I then have to prove myself as a real competitor yeah. the, the person before this group that got his last black belt under Kai was Hudson Mateus who won double gold and he got bronzes at a black belt at, at black belt at the IBJJF world so to get a black under kai, you need to be a high-level competitor brown belt.
0: That, that, that's a pretty awesome thing too. Like that's going to mean a lot when that goes around your waist. Yeah. You're, going to know, you're going to know that that was well-earned. There's, there's guys, <laughs> and I, I talk about this uh, openly, there's guys who have black belts who, who I don't think should have black belts and mm-hmm. it actually makes me embarrassed to be... Not it makes me embarrassed, but I, I think it should be held to a high standard. Mm-hmm. I think it should be... Not everyone can be a high-level competitor like you are. But I think you should be very good at what you do, very, very good at what yeah. you do. And I think there's some people who aren't, and that's what I mean. When you look at some people who have black belts, and then you're a brown belt, but you know, yeah. you, as far as I'm concerned, you're you're a black belt already. It's just yeah. it's not the color of the belt around your waist. Yeah.
1: And, and and where I'm from, most people know that. You know, like yeah. um, like in Canberra, I think I'm, I flew under the radar pretty well. I never really publicized myself too well, but in Canberra, people know. You know, in the grappling circles people know who I am and what not so, yep. so that I, I do get I do get some credit there but it'll be good to finally get it and it's
0: it. not everything but it, it's something that it's something to be very proud of and you've mm-hmm. literally dedicated your life to it you've dedicated it, at least half your life to it and, I um, spend every waking yeah. minute
1: thinking about this shit or yeah. training about yeah Yeah. So a I lot, think a lot of time
0: that's an exciting thing we, we look forward to seeing that yeah. um, we yeah. might start to wrap it up because I know Just you've quickly, got to get back to you know, Canberra
1: I, I, I am getting that from Kayo and, and under Yuri, but you know, like I also did the majority of my training from afar, but like, you know, with Anthony Prosh, with Elvis yep. Cynesic. So big thanks to those guys. They, mm-hmm. they they shaped my game early on. Yep. The finishing touch, you know, I get to get my black belt from Kayo. But I got I got my belts from, from other people leading up, so I gotta yep. I gotta give them credit for sure.
0: No, for sure. Yeah. Um, man, thank you so much for coming and talking today. We've been wanting to catch up for years. Yeah. I feel like we still don't get enough time, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep making it happen. Maybe next yeah. time in the States, you can come over and train. Yeah, for sure, train. man. Um, I hope this thing heals up as quick as. Um, uh, sponsors, I know you're sponsored. Do you want to chat about those guys? Right here.
1: Atlas. Yep. These are my guys. Yeah,
0: Covered by your lovely sling. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's a guy from originally from Canberra. Yeah. Uh,
0: Fantastic Australian brand. Yeah, reached
1: yep. out to me. And you know, mm-hmm. I had a few people I could have maybe been... Sponsored by, but I definitely wanted it to be a homegrown Australian mm-hmm. brand. You mm-hmm. know, maybe some of the others are a little better known. They've been established for a little longer, but I, I wanted to represent an Australian brand, so I'm very proud to be a representing Atlas.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Um, at I'm trying to think of their website. It's Atlas, not Atlas Combat. It's Atlas.
1: What is Damn it? Damn it! I should know. You're you're <laughs> a terrible person. <laughs>
0: Atlas. It. Anyway, if you Google Atlas BJJ clothing yeah, or something, a come come you'll on, find it. Their gear is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, um. Awesome. I actually uh, hooked up Jason Rao, buddy of mine. Yeah, he's yeah, sponsored yeah. by them. Um, Nick Ronan, mm-hmm. um, another few of the guys that's at uh, Henzo's. So mm-hmm. he, he's doing great stuff yeah, in the jiu-jitsu stuff. Is. So um, thank you to him for supporting. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you to my team out here, everyone at Sydney West Martial Arts. Like I said, guys, we've actually got all the madness happening out there at the moment. Um, if anyone wants to you know, start out doing jiu-jitsu in this area, come and see us. Couldn't
1: uh, recommend this place highly enough. Thank you. There's UFC gym down the road looks flashy. <laughs> doesn't have anything. This, this is a spot to be. If you're anywhere in the area, if you're on the other side of Sydney, come here.
0: Thank you, sir. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot because sure. uh, I'm putting a lot of work in to, to earn that. I don't expect that to be given but I expect that yeah, to be earned right. and I'm putting a lot of work in. Sean, man. Yeah. You
1: know Me and him were apart for quite a while but he came to Canberra when I, when I moved back and, and I was so impressed with, with your knowledge. Like, you've always been good but... Hmm. But yeah, when I started, I think, two years ago now. It's changed in the last yeah. two or three years. Yeah. But even then, yeah. I, was, I was like, wow, man, you've really taken off. Yeah. You've, been, you've been working with Jason Rao for a long time. A couple of years, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it, Leaves and bounds.
0: Access to good information can really... And not that I wasn't getting that from my previous coaches, but the extra stuff. Yeah, like it's a little you, more you, cutting edge you've now. You've know? experienced the same yeah, thing with them. Um, yeah. um, thanks to Endless Combat, who look after us uh, on the podcast. If anyone wants to use the um, promo code... Uh, Heat Locker 10 you'll get a 10% discount so jump on their website they've got really nice training gear and um, Dennis what's your Instagram if, you want, if people want to follow you
1: Dennis with one N so D-E-N-I-S underscore Kokushi K-U-K no Jesus K-O-K-U-S-H-I that's short for Kokushikan the university I for so Dennis Kokushi
0: find yeah. Big D follow him yeah. keep up to date with what he's up to watch him kick ass and uh, as soon as I'm healthy thank you so much mate. i appreciate it oh thank you thank you all right awesome done